Get ready for Dead Beat Radio. Laying down home alone on a rainy night like this. It just makes you want to think about fireplaces, glass of wine, big bay window. Good afternoon. It is fantastic to be back here on Deadbeat Radio, Outlander Media Network, your home for the best podcasts around. I am your host, Lance Adams, Sir Lance and Little, your knight in shining stereo. I uh, have beside me, as always, the man who makes it happen, the person who pushes play, Terry Snow. What's up, man? How much, man? Good to see you. Good to be here. Was, uh, I haven't seen you since our uh, wrestling adventure. Our, uh, yeah, that's quite a while yeah, ago. Yeah, Outlander Media Network's pro wrestling debut. Yeah. It's a, it's we a finally got to be part of uh, of Stable. It was beautiful. That's true. Uh, and I have some wonderful guests I can't wait to get a, to know tonight. Um, do all kinds of stuff. We have, I don't know if we have enough show to actually talk about all of it, but I can, we can't talk about all of it, so that's okay. So please, please let me give a huge deadbeat welcome to Mr. Les Murphy. Hello. Les, uh, it is a pleasure to have you on your first podcast, it's correct? It's a pleasure to be here. Cool, cool. And again, feel free. I told you, you can hear it now. Self-adjust with the headphones and the mic. Um, make yourself at home. It is a pleasure to have you here. I'm a big deadbeat welcome. Um, go for it. It's not actually my home, so I don't make those rules. But as far as you being welcomed, those are my rules, and you make yourself at home. And also the lovely, beautifully tattooed, uh, which I'm sure we'll have to talk about, which you always talk about to everybody, Rose Machario. Hello, hello. Mm-hmm. Did I get it right? Yes. Awesome, yes, awesome. You did. I told you it was one of those names I read on Facebook because we've been friends there for a minute. Um, I read in my head and I hear it a certain way, and then um, I'm terrified I will pronounce it horribly fucked up. Horribly, horribly <laughs> fucked up. Uh, so welcome to Debbie Radio, both of you. I can't wait to get into uh, uh, creative stuff because you guys are both very creative people who do a lot of creative outlet things, and uh, we uh, we love that here. It's one of the things Outlander Media Network is most famous for. Uh, you know, you I was arriving at Sam Donnelly from Halfle, uh, and DeCambrio was leaving, and obviously you know Sam, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm, yes, I do. So good, good. Um, so that shows right away uh, uh, already a, a badge of honor in your respect. It's like, oh. You know Sam? You like Sam? I like you. All right, we're good. They were in the uh, new DiCambrio music video. You go, oh, uh, The Masquerade. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Both of you guys were in that. Great. Is that where you met Sam? Or? Well, actually, I had him on, had DiCambrio on my show for season four of Dream Big. Dream Big. Okay. And Something. they played, yes. Nice. Sam wasn't in that episode. Richie was. Okay, okay, because they went through some line of change. Sam was, um, when I met the band, Sam was not a member of the band, then joined the band, then left the band, and then came back. It's a Fleetwood Mackey kind of thing. It's right. like, who's in, who's out? Who, what, who? You just take a roll check, and you're like, who's filling in for who? This? Okay, all right, I got Don't need to know. I don't want to know. It's good, but fine, as long as you're good. So, uh, but uh, they're great. And it's not my style of music, per se, typically, but um, they do a fantastic version of it. Um, it's, it's, it's just great. I've got a chance to perform with those guys a couple times um, with A Nightmare Before Christmas. Christmas shows have you been to any of those no um they i don't know if they're doing them this year or did it last year but um they they did this halloween meets christmas rock comedy thing that was just awesome um i think last year they kind of leaned more burlesque and rock less comedy and rock to try something new Interesting. Um, yeah and again i'm all for that because i do a lot with the burlesque community and i love to work with them any chance i get 
Uh, but uh, they're actually one of my favorite bands in Knoxville. Yeah, they're yeah. great. They are really, really good. Uh, and I've, d- I've done yoga to their music. Nice, yes. nice. It, it is pretty trippy. Again, I, I'm I, when people say you know metal, it's like all right, that's a huge thing, and I, I can't know instantly what you're talking about. So let's go deeper in this conversation. The the things that typically would get associated with DiCambrio, the Marilyn Mansons, the I, I don't know, ministry maybe, but that kind of, of, of genre of music, um, typically not my thing. Um, but a lot of that is the vocals that typically go with that. I do not like. I don't like Marilyn Manson's voice. I don't like that kind of thing. But I love Danny's voice. He's so good, um, and so and they they have more of a pop sensibility that I I can really appreciate um, that I typically don't appreciate because I'm I'm kind of a a, a, a music. I don't want to say snob. I like what I like, and and I'm cool with that. And there's different genres of everything. I'm a country fan, but I only like certain types of country. I'm a rock fan. I, mean, I like certain stuff classic. And when it comes to what they do, it's like they definitely get a check where most in their genre would not for me. Um, and I think the fact that I'm friends with them maybe bias me a little, but uh, I love I love working with those guys. So yeah, check that out if you're if you're listening and not familiar with DeConbrio, um, and it's spelled just like that it's spelled like deacon brio that's exactly how it reads um and so go check them out they've got some great stuff and just put out an amazing video shot right here in knoxville at the concourse which is an amazing venue um and so that's awesome that's awesome i'll have to go back and watch that and look for you guys now that we've got a chance to to meet and hang out um and before we really get too far um because i want to really dive into your guys' stories and what we're doing and what brought you here to deadbeat but um uh, i think we've already established that we uh uh, probably going to get along just okay just 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 plain and okay just fine and dandy um i want to give a personal big shout out to the smoky mounted bearded villains um who i got a chance to host their um knox villains uh 2019 beard competition last week at schultz brown and um um, you guys familiar with competitive bearding is that new to you guys it's i've heard of it but Uh, i've never attended um they're great they're a lot of fun i i i I do competitive bearding i travel around um i was formerly ranked 63rd in the world just uh that's my little shtick um and that's not 100 percent factually accurate but we'll we'll get into that later if you want to but i i love it and the community is all charity based so it's all for good causes every there's no Trophy. I mean, there's trophies, but there's no uh, like money or anything for winning. It's all just charity based. We're raising money, awareness, drinking beer, celebrating irony of just our grandparents came from somewhere different. Yay, we have different DNA. Like that's all it is. It's silly and it's fun, but it's for a good cause. And the community is fantastic. The um, the, okay, so obviously you're familiar with burlesque and 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 theater and and music and comedy and different um, scenes. The social scenes always have some form of toxicity to it. There's a level at every, you know, and you just have to decide to be a part of that or not and and decide whether you want to accept that level of toxicity. Um, In the bearding community, it is the least toxic community I've ever been a part of. Statistically, there has to be an asshole in the bunch, right? It has, statistically, it has to happen. I've never met one. And so it's a lot of fun. Like my wife, she she smells the toxicity in a comedy scene like a shark with blood in the water. And she's like, "This no, I'm out. I don't want to go. I don't, nope, I'm out. All right, cool, it's fine. Um, you stay at home, you know, play Skyrim. I'm going to a show. I got to do what I got to do. But she loves the bearding community. And so it's just a wonderful community. And this event was awesome. To tell a quick story, um, we got um, to Shield Sprout. Have you been to Shield Sprout before here in Knoxville? Awesome venue. Is it not? Yes. I mean, it is amazing. It's like a castle. Yeah. 
And it's got this big beer garden where it's outdoor. And in the winter, they have fireplaces rolling. And they get a huge stage. And they project, like, sports events up on the TV, on the walls. It's awesome. And the Knox Villains had got the space donated. The family who runs it's amazing. Had got the space donated to do this charity competition. Um, And we get there and find out that there is also a wedding reception double booked. Yeah. Wow. They had given us the stage. And they had given them the space right in front of the stage. Now, I don't know if you know how stages work. You can't do that. Doesn't doesn't help for them to have the space right in front of the stage and us to have the stage. And they paid for the venue. So, totally squatter's rights. They get it. Like, there's no... But they were super cool. So, imagine your special day and you're having this awesome moment and this big, hairy, bunch of tattooed biker-looking <laughs> dudes just all invade your space. Um, and they were awesome. They, they, you know, hey, we'll move over here. Um, and so through the day, here we are on a mic shouting. It's four hours of me screaming at the top of my lungs. It's a terrible, terrible thing for your wedding reception. I've got an idea for a sequel to Wedding Crashers. Hey, well, uh, we've got it. We've even got some footage to back it up to give you an idea of what the real event was like. But they were awesome and we made them a part of the event we brought them up on stage and gave a huge round of applause for letting um and by the way if you're out there let me think let me think if i got this right it is august and victoria ashcroft i believe that is correct if you know these people please tell them they're awesome um they all let us sign the wedding book like all these big hairy tattooed biker looking dudes sign the wedding book um he ended up actually jumping in and joining the competition because he had a little, he had a college beard, kind of like what you would have to carry, what we call the college professional beard, oh, okay. um, which is what most laymen would call a normal beard. <laughs> <laughs> and so he jumps in, and he actually won his comp, he won his heat. So it was a great day. We celebrated them, and all day long, like the mother of the the bride, or I'm sorry, the mother of the the groom and the the father of the bride, the two people that are most likely to bridezilla your ass came up and hugged me and thanked me and said, thank you so much for making this so special for them. You guys have just absolutely pumped this to another level that we couldn't have imagined. And I just wore my heart. For the rest of their lives, I'm a part of their wedding memories. And, you know, that, that, that's a big responsibility. And so I want to give a big shout-out to the, the Smoky Mountain Bearded Villains for that event. They said they raised almost $3,000. It was double what they did last year for autism awareness. Nice. Um, and um, August and Victoria, if you're out there listening or if anybody knows August and Victoria <laughs> and has heard friends tell, hey, I heard this crazy story about a bunch of Cheech and Chong-looking bikers in Brooklyn, <laughs> and you know these people, please tell them I wish them the best. Their beer koozies are awesome. They had beer koozies made up, and they gave them to us. Um, so their beer koozies were awesome. We've signed the wedding book. Love you all greatly. So anyway, now that I've got that out of the way, let's jump into our wonderful guest and find out what brought you to the table. So, uh, Les, I'm going to start with uh, ladies first. Um, Rose, obviously you do a ton. You have a show going on, Dream Big. Yes. Um, but but let's, let's get a little background. Where, where are you from? Uh, Michigan. Michigan. So yes. you're not originally an East Tennessean. No. <laughs> okay. So how did we end up here in hillbilly uh, heaven? In a 73 Charger. Excellent. <laughs> Round of applause for that answer. That is a very deadbeat answer. I mean, as a guy who looks like he would drive that exact car, I appreciate that answer. So wonderful. How old were you? How long have you been down here? So A, a long time. A long time. Yes, so we've yes. been at this for Adopted. I'm adopted now. Okay. The state okay. has adopted me good, officially. Good, 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 good. We do that sometimes. We do that. A, a lot of you carpetbaggers come down here and end up going, you know what? I think I'll stay. <laughs> right. It's warmer. Nice, nice. <laughs> The water's cleaner. Good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. So, um, 
Dream Big. Uh, obviously, let's get a little. Let's tell people about that. What's What's Dream Big? Where can we find that? What uh, What do you have to do with it? Where's that? Oh wow, that's a whole lot of at once. In, in, a, of... In, in a quick <laughs> syllabus, we'll, we'll go deeper as we go. But I mean, okay. like, obviously, it's a TV show, and you are the blank on the show. Creator hostess. Creator hostess, yes. and we can find that where on my website and on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, awesome. which is Dream Big. But you have to put my name in with it, okay. or you will never find me. Correct. Because there's a hundred disney songs it's something dream big or like Some different bet mid or something yeah there's yeah. something i struggle so. with that i i find the youtube <laughs> search to be the most frustrating thing ever now in all fairness my children are somehow on my their devices on my youtube account so my youtube history and algorithm is retarded just straight <laughs> holy shit and then i see stuff in the history and i go even I wouldn't watch that. What the fuck are you kids watching? And it, it's it's crazy. It'll go like Minecraft, Minecraft, Five Nights at Freddy's, Five Nights at Freddy's, Cats videos, Funny Parents, My First Date Gone Real Wrong. And it's like, whoa. My kids, my oldest is 10. So it's like, no, what? So they take some weird turns. And then there'll be like a Billie Eilish video. And you're like, oh, that's not so bad. All right, let's check that out. Um, and it takes me like 10 minutes of rolling back to find the video I was on 13 minutes ago. <laughs> Because of everything that's gone through. So my algorithm's all fucked up. And I know. I tried to show my wife Nas. I'm sure I'm not the only even remote rap fan in the house and is aware of Nas. Nas or Nas, Illmatic. Little Nas X. Don't, don't spoil my punchline okay. yet. So, but anyway, exa- that's exactly where I'm going. I'm trying to show her Nas. The, and she's like, this rap legend, this fucking god. Probably one of the best rappers walking the face of the earth. What I told her. And she was like, I'm not crazy about him. And, she, and I said, that's fine. But please know when the discussion of best rappers of all time come up, somebody right. in the room will mention Nas. Yes. Somebody will argue it, but somebody will mention Nas. Right? right? That is going to happen. And I struggled very hard to find her a Nas song she would recognize because I have to get past this one hit wonder that is burned <laughs> in my brain. And I was like, that's so disrespectful. So disrespectful. So, if we want to look for Dream Big, and I want to talk about what that is in a minute, but we can find it on your website or YouTube if we put in Rose Machario Dream Big. Right. And then my website is rosemariemachario.com. Okay. It's easy. And then then you go to the Dream Big, like, little link, and then I have a big pink button that says YouTube channel. So, you can hit that, and it goes right to it. And you skip all the other stuff. So, technically, it's easier to go through my website to... Awesome, awesome. So, um, now, Les, is that how you come into our picture at all? Through Uh, Dream Big? Somewhat, yeah. Somewhat. I helped out on the last season. Nice, nice. So, obviously, Les, let's give you a chance to tell us the same. Where are you from? Are you originally Tennessean as well? I was born here. Yeah, absolutely. In Knoxville or specifically where? I'm a Morristown guy myself, so for me, it's a... uh, uh, Knoxville's just what easier to claim, you know. When people go, where, where, you, where do you do comedy? Knoxville's my answer. I, I lived in Knoxville for years, so I love it. Um, but uh, I, I technically come from Morristown, so even I'm a little bit of an outsider to a small degree. But uh, so you come to um, uh, Dream Big. You said in the last season, uh, actor, producer. Um, you said you do a little bit of everything. So how did you get tied up with Rose's show? I guess it was somewhat, uh, somewhat of the, the production aspect. Okay, I wasn't an actor or anything on it. What production-wise, what is it you do? Uh, just pitching ideas and nice. stuff, and you know, just trying to network with the people we know that might nice. want to be on the show. I love doing awesome. Well, you're in the right place now. <laughs> Terry will tell you I'm uh, I'm quite the uh, 
gig whore and we'll all so if there's anything this big Bigfoot hairy ape can do for you let me know um, <laughs> season but, 5 excellent I, you guys know how to reach me um, but I love I love backstage and production and working that stuff so anytime I can be on set doing anything I love it I, I that's my dream that's what I want to do it's hard for me to jump in I have full time responsibilities that I can't you know wife disabled two kids full time job you know got the muggle responsibilities as well um, but I, I love it I love being backstage and working and watching things come together it's great he helped me so much by nice. the end of the season because I was just like pulling my hair out and I'm like I need help and he volunteered and I'm like are you sure nice. so so what is dream big all about what what is it that that dream big is really if you had to put that that one line bio describing the show what what is it inspiration okay Okay. Are we telling stories of inspiration, or are we inspiring for the next round? I think a little bit of both. Okay. What inspires us and what inspires you. Nice. And our guests come and, and tell their story of how they came to be and how nice. they make their dreams happen and what are they doing to achieve their ultimate goal and share their stories, good, bad, the ugly, and they let us know um everything that i mean they come out with everything that has happened that way they can inspire others who are maybe doing something similar to what they're doing oh i love that yeah i, I don't love think that. there's a real guidebook to these things it's just usually you know what people tell you and what their experiences are but it's real people doing real things trying to make their dreams happen and one day you know i look back and i follow all of my guests nice. and I check up on them. I share everything that they're doing and I look back at some of the episodes when they were saying, well, I'm just now doing this and this and then a couple years down the road, a couple seasons and they're already, boom, you know, they're really popping out there and I'm like, oh, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Is there, I mean, obviously you give a platform and that's huge for anybody that's struggling to get out there. That's one of the things that we love to, to, to bring people on to plug whatever you're doing. Hey, if we have, you know, 10 people that listen, hey, here's 10 more people to add to the people that know about you. And so we, that's why one of the reasons I love having people on with something to talk about is the bulk of your help in the journey the exposure or does the show also you know provide resources and things for people trying to achieve their dreams as a well a little bit of everything okay. um definitely promotion I, I try to promote everybody that comes on the show and really make a point to share you know either at the end of the credits or a plug-in about what you know they're doing or sometimes it's an off topic like if right someone's experienced a certain something and it involves any type of thing from suicide awareness to depression or PTSD or anything and, and we will share links at the end of the episode of contact information so I mean sometimes it kind of it gets really personal of course and if we can share a little bit more of um any type of anything you know like i've had authors come on and, and whether they're self-published or, or with an agency or a publishing house you know we like how how do you do these steps you know what are these steps to this actors how, what are these steps to you know getting background work or That's getting so an agent get. it's the and, hardest part that's brilliant for, to put that out there of these things that you're trying to do 
and to help others that have no clue what to do I have no it's idea the beauty of the internet and the modern um, information age yes there is a huge percentage of bullshit and, and wrong directions and fuck ups along the way and morons who don't know that their opinion's not worth a shit and their advice is terrible and somebody doesn't know that and is going to accept it. I mean so those people are out there too but it does luckily give just a huge, huge, huge um, Dewey Decimal System of index to a modern world. It's that, great that's insight. Amazing. It's great yeah. insight because you're not only getting like the actual thing of, oh well, I started doing this, but I realized this was the wrong way of doing it. So then I got advice to do this, and then I I started doing it the right way, and this is the right way. You know, it's not just for me the right way, but this is like. This is how you submit. This is how you do this. And, and that doesn't matter what you're trying to do. If you're trying to get into any type of venture, whether it's being an actor, being a musical artist, being, you know, you have to submit your work yes. for review. Yep. And there are steps for each one of those. And they all want their certain steps to be fulfilled the correct way. And if we can even put that out there to help others... That's to give great. them an idea how I'm, to do it. I'm, I'm going to go back and binge watch every bit of it because I can tell you that's where I'm at and that's what I need right now. And if I get too deep in this, I'll cry on air and I because uh, I'm a big wiener. And I promise you I'll cry before the first episode's over. It's just how I'm built. Well, I think that's a good thing to go back and put the spotlight on those people. I mean, it gives them an opportunity to be seen and heard, yeah. you know, whether they're in a band or well, a comedian. You, or, you know. I'm a huge fan of Shark Tank. I don't know if you're familiar with the show or ever watched it. Um, and they there's a thing about the, the Shark Tank, um, what do they call it, the Shark Tank phenomenon, um, where even if they don't take the deal, sales skyrocket just because of the exposure, just because they were on the show. Right. Oh, so just many, like American Idol or The Voice right. yeah, or any exactly. of those. You know, they're well, getting that exposure. Ex- perfect example with uh, you mentioned American Idol. I don't know if this is 100% still factual, but for the longest time, second place has done, I think even statistically over the history, second place has blown first place out of the water. So many of the people that, and it's the Mandela effect, so many of those winners on American Idol were second place. Um, I think, didn't Kelly Clarkson come in second place? Didn't she get beat by the Justin dude? Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, Ruben Stuttered beat her, didn't he? Is that it? I mean, she, I know, I think she's one of the second Justin places. Justin, uh, the, uh, the, Afro the Afro one she dated yeah, for a while yeah, in yeah. the movie. I think he actually won. I think she's second place. I could be wrong, but like I know there's several of them that, um, no, Ruben was a, a Clay Aiken beat him. Yeah, yeah, it's Clay Ruben, Aiken beat Ruben Stuttered yeah, yeah. again. Clay Aiken fucked off, and Ruben was quite the, the success. Yeah. So a lot of those second place winners, we are going, oh, yeah, they won. Nope. No, they didn't actually, and because they just got the exposure. Um, but that's the kind of thing, like for me as a comedian, where I'm stalled at because I can't dedicate full time. I like it's a lot of these arts are traditionally a young person's game. Get in a car, drive across, spend a hundred dollars in gas to make twenty bucks, sleep in your car, do it. I, I've got mouths to feed. I can't do that. But now with the internet, there are ways to get around those steps, and so many of us don't know them, um, and I don't because if I could go. Like Trey Crowder, for example. Uh, you guys are familiar with Trey Crowder, local celebrity friend, absolutely amazing guy. I've worked with Trey um, before he was anybody. I, I was so proud when he's, you know, the thing now. And it's a case of right time, right channel, right place, right person, right message. Boom, hit it all. And went straight past a lot of that. He had done, you know, that too, but, you know, not on a full time level. And it skipped that. And it's like, that's what I need to do. And there are channels fishing doesn't automatically happen 
you still have to know where to go, what the lure is, and you, your chances increase, but there's always still the, to the risk. But the thing is, you be dedicated, you go to that, that same fishing hole every day, you know to be there at this time, you know to put this lure in this water and this condition, boom, my ch- I'm going to catch a fish. And that's the way this works too. Mm-hmm. And a show like that tells somebody like me, who's sitting at home starving, trying to feed four, two kids, four mouths, um, and struggling greatly, again, told you, drove my parents' car up here because I have to live in their basement, again, with my my family but it's it's what we have to do and we do that but it would be lovely to get picked up somewhere to be like because i think i have something somebody somewhere would want and a lot of us do we may be wrong but we at least want to find out Mm -hmm. and those bits of information presented in that format is fan fucking tastic well i think trey uh you know he's got something interesting to say and he's a comedian but at the same time it makes you think you know he has a message Mm -hmm. also Mm -hmm. you know Maybe you take that away with you. Exactly. You know. And with his message, it was, again, the perfect time. It was absolutely spot on. And he's so, like most comedians who become something, you know, that one, I don't want to say one trick pony because he's not that. But sadly, a lot of comedians get scooped up on one thing, whether it's get or done or, you know, some catchphrase or whatever. With Trey, it, it, he's always been this same person. He was very real. Even back then, he was real about who he was. And, and the liberal redneck was a joke he would tell. That was brilliant, you know, absolutely hilarious. And we all saw him then. It was like, this guy's genius. And so he did have that just one character, right I time. Think it was the right time. Yeah. And it's, I, I'm, I'm actually um, politically very opposite minded um i'm actually typically pretty right and wing and conservative i'm not an asshole so don't sweat it i know i don't typically talk politics and i don't hate you for your opinion and it's just i don't beat people over the head it's like these are my beliefs on how life and government should work and you got yours and it's all cool and i don't hate you and oh you're gay don't care it doesn't affect my life good for you you're still a cool person then we're good like i'm not i'm not that typical person you meet when you get that um so i can still look at at a tray and go don't agree with the message in the joke. Joke is hilarious. Person is brilliantly delivering that message. I'm still going to stop and listen to that. And I'm going to applaud the joke. And I'm going to laugh. And I'm going to go, you know what? I don't agree with you. But that is one hell of a thought. And that's a hell of a way to present it. And if more people presented it on that platform, we might meet in the middle a little bit. And I try to be, the again, a right-wing version of that, that thinking when it comes to me. I, I'm, I don't do political humor. Even on stage, it's not my shtick. Uh, one, most audiences and other comedians are very left and liberal. All my friends are, you know, baby killing heathens and i'm cool with that you know like whatever just don't kill my babies what i just don't care it's like that's not my place i'm not your 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 master it's not my place to tell you how to live your life man come on like these are my views and i won't step on your toes you won't on mine we're still cool but even on stage i know my the audience typically doesn't want to hear my opinion and i'm cool with that i just like i'm married for a long time i'm used to nobody wanting to hear my opinion (laughs) right this is nothing new for me but I just, I don't like political humor in general. Even if a right-wing comic got up and it was the reverse of Trey, somebody I do agree with, I, I just, I'm like, is there another subject? I don't, I don't, I don't find political humor that funny. It's not for me. I think it's 50-50. I mean, it kind of divides the audience, too. Like, either they love you or they hate either you. Way you go, you know, either way you go. Either way you go. No, and I just, I don't, I just don't get into it. I don't, I don't, it's not my, my type of humor. And again, everybody has humor styles and it's like, I, there are other things I don't care for, but that's one, it's like, one, I know nobody wants to hear what I say, but two, I just, I don't, I don't want to say what I have to say in this 
I'd rather sit and talk and, and be in this kind of environment and be like, oh, this is how I feel about taxes and this is how I feel about, you know, personal freedoms and this, you know, oh, that's cool. I didn't know, I never thought about it from your perspective. Maybe I will consider. So I would rather do that than, than hey, fuck Bernie Sanders can suck my dick. <laughs> Although I like Bernie for the record. I just want to go ahead and say that. I, if I had to lose, that was the dude I wanted to lose to. So um, just for the record, um, I like Bernie. Um, uh, but uh, it's not my thing. But in that case, I can still compartmentalize and go, fantastic, great. I'm glad your audience loves that bit. I'm, I support you in it. It's delivered perfectly. And so um, I think in your case where you're giving whatever that actor who needs that shtick, that, 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 that guidance to find their shtick, hey, um, you don't have a conventional look. You need to go to these talent agencies who book that oddball guy from this movie and that weird character from the, you could do this. Not everybody's a Brad Pitt, but there are places for you and you are still needed. And um, I, I think that's awesome. I think it's great. Promoting and platform is everything. Whenever yes. I revisit any of the episodes, and for the longest time I was doing a throwback Thursday mm -hmm. with Dream Big, and I was taking any of the episodes randomly and reposting them, and, and I would say, hey, look, even though there may be only X amount of views, you know, but of that this one is all that matters of this episode or whatever, it. It may be that one chance where it's passed around just to the right person exactly. and it pops up in someone exactly. else's newsfeed and they're like, hey, wait a minute, what is this? And that right person could watch any of my guests and say, wow, they were awesome. Yeah. Let me contact this show to find out this information about this person or conveniently enough i make sure all of their personal contact information is located at the end of the episode oh wonderful so wonderful. there is no way and no excuse for someone that happens upon a band an actor a, a, a writer an artist you know anybody that is a model that's doing something if the right person happens to see them at the right time, there's takes. no excuse to find and watch to the end of the episode and find out what their contact information is. And I plug them in whenever I finish with my guests. Hey, be sure to follow at the end of the episode where you can find out this contact information for this person on this social media or this website or whatever it is that they may have. I plug that in there. And How many stories of famous people where that right person saw that I was at this little club and I saw right, this? Right, right. I mean, I mean there's several, and everybody has their own person that inspires them. And I try to find out what that is also. And I have this brilliant idea, which I'm not going to share, just in case somebody else that's, in a bigger yeah, network thinks, that. oh, that's brilliant. That. I'm going to take this and run with it. And she don't have copyrights of anything. So like, we'll just take that and run with it. I don't know yeah, what that don't do that. Technically, this but. is a record, though. Technically, oh. this is a record. Though. Oh, nice. So, poor nice. man's copyright yes. right here. Yes. Yes. Awesome. That's what man's anything copyright. we say on any of the podcasts, well, I'm always like, it's right there. It's on record. Fantastic. <laughs> so my idea is... <laughs> It's taking Dream Big. And if I got to be on a, a bigger network right. where I can say, hey, this is my idea because we can do it because there's a budget now. Right. Someone is funding me. So I take that guest and they tell me, you know, because I always interview kind of everybody personally is I when each I contact episode them. one guest or are they vignettes about Now there's guests? more. Okay. Now there's at least, you know, three to four guests, you know, per episode. Um, before it was just a one-on-one. -on -one. 
But either or, if you take, if I have a guest and I interview them before the show and I found out, you know, what is it that you do? Who inspires you? So I know who inspires a person. Oh, sorry. And so say somebody's an actor and Les. their we'll inspiration. Take Les, for yes, example, Les. Les. Les, you get to be our guinea pig because yes. I'm about to ask you some of these questions. So I'm going to let Rose show me how it's done. So Les is our actor. Yes. He is on Dream Big. Yes. So Where I ask go? him in a personal interview, who is your person that inspires you to be an actor? So who is that? You. Obviously. Famous. It's a good famous answer. Somebody famous. That is a good answer. <laughs> By the way, that is a good famous. answer. Uh, Sam Rockwell. Uh, oh, I, okay. I love so, Sam Rockwell. So my people contact Sam Rockwell. Okay. And so I've got my, I got Les on the couch with me. And he's telling me who his inspiration is, you know, when I ask him. And all of a sudden, sneaking from behind is oh. Sam Rockwell to come and sit on the yes. other side of him. I'm crying. I, right, I'm already crying. Sitting on the other side of him. And so then, you know, he everybody's going like fangirling it up or fanguying it up. And and I when I come to the point of saying, what is your advice to others who are chasing their dream? I give it to my guests first. But then I turn to their inspiration and say, hey, what is your advice to him or her about doing this? So they get it from both sides like out there. Like I'm, I'm, I'm crying the minute Sam but Rockwell sneaks around. it's still about real people. It's not about we've the already famous built up. person I know how this works. In. At this point, you know? we've already built up Les and his story. Mm -hmm. I'm already emotionally attached, which doesn't take much because I'm a big ball of squish. Mm -hmm. On the sensitive scale, I'm slightly under clitoris, slightly above um, <laughs> newborn kitten. Right? Somewhere in the middle there. Right? That's where I rank sensitivity range. Um, I will cry in a heartbeat. I've told stories many times I cried in Ernest saves camp Ernest goes to camp I cry every time um, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas Waterworks I'm a big wiener right if the nerd camp beats the jocks for the summer in games I'm boohooing uh, I caught up watching Parks and Rec because I had never seen it before and so I started watching Parks and Rec I, I bet in the entire series I can go to like five, six points. I'm boohooing watching a sitcom. So well, you're you're watching this, and you're sitting at home, so, and you're watching someone's idol come and sit next to them and give them life advice, basically on what it. their dream is. And these are real people that other people that are at home can relate to. Right. I, I now can put myself in less issues because we're we're a degree separated. I can't put myself in Sam Rockwell's shoes. I want to, but that's what I want to do too. I'm watching, but I see less, mm -hmm. and I I can be less because less less is just like me. He's mm -hmm. just a dude who who applied to be on the show mm -hmm. via the website, which is where we we go and we sign up. That was it. I could do that because I've signed up for a lot of websites. I could be less, and now less is there with Sam Rockwell, which mm -hmm. is where I want. So now I'm one degree less separated from this being my dream, and you know what? Success is a, is a stepping stone, ladder-based something, and you always have to go, but that puts me one rung closer in my mind. And it's positive inspiration. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing not just, it's not just watching a reality show, which is scripted. Right, They call right, casting right. things oh, for course. that. And I will say, I Even see them like in American my casting. Even for things like American Idol. Yes, it's, you know, you get casting calls for those. Well, the writer credit at the end of the show kind yeah. of gives it away. Yes. Exactly. So, I'm here, I'm like cyber-stalking people that I think is super cool and saying, hey, would you be on my show? Because I think you're awesome and I think the world needs to know I that you are great. awesome also. And so, you have this real thing that is going on. You are not, you know, 
know, asked to audition. You are not asked to, you know, submit. You are found. And so you're brought on because you are discovered by someone that is purposefully looking for talented people that are out there that are working their butts off to get where they want to be. And you're watching at home and thinking, wow, that could be me. I would Or be. that I, is me. I or that it. that's, wait, maybe I wasn't, I was too nervous to try to do something. Maybe I, I want to be an actor, but I don't, I didn't never thought I could be. Hmm. And less is on there telling people, yes, you can, because this is what I did. This is how I started. This is how I am in this middle scene where I'm not really, I'm not famous yet because I've not been discovered yet, right. but I'm here to be discovered. Right. And I've already inspired like a few people that I know. They're like, wow, if this guy can do it, then you know, well, I we, can do it. We've no. talked about that a lot with stand-up comedy. It's the same kind of way. People are like, you do that? I mean, yeah, how, how'd you get into that? I, went, I, I walked into a bar and signed a piece of paper. Right, and it's just like that. I didn't know that's all you had to you do. You had the balls to try. That's the difference. You're halfway there. And see, when you already have famous people going on, you know, really awesome shows like Ellen or Oprah, right. and, and they're already there, they might touch base a little bit on, well, what was your, you know, biggest fear growing up? Or, right. you know, how, how are you discovered? Or it's not the blood, sweat, and tears of, how many times you were rejected. It wasn't the blood, sweat, and tears of how many times you wanted to throw on the towel or maybe just wanted to give up and be a professional drinker. I mean, it could be any number of things 100%. that... We've all been there. You know, any artist who tells you, I've never thought about giving up, oh, then you haven't been doing it And honestly, enough. honestly, and, and this is not to be a political statement, but to say that what America really needs is to dream big again. I think so. I think we, that's fantastic. We were built, this country was built and founded on dreams. Yeah. The American and, dream. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's why I know it, it, you know, very corrupted by current political statement, but the statement of make America great again, it, it has been twisted and everybody associates it. Oh, you mean back when this was couldn't happen and women couldn't and black? And I was like, no, 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 no. I would like to see it a great again in the spirit where we thought about great ideas again. I would like to see us take those original ideas and actually put them into the proper use where it was all men, but we can substitute it to be all people Mm -hmm. are created equal. I'd like to go back because that America, that concept, the idea, yeah, twisted people fucked it up and we stuck for a long time still suffering from it, but the idea put on paper. Let's make America great again in that respect. And that's exactly what that is. Let's dream big. Let's go, hey, Mm -hmm. we can do a world-changing thing. If we do and chase what we want to do and not what society feels like we should do to make money, to buy stuff, I mean, that's not what is the epitome of being alive and living. No, those should be fringe benefits of doing what you love. Yes, you you should do what you love. I'm not saying that, you know, if someone wanted to be a doctor, that's not a bad thing. If you really want to be a doctor and save lives and do that, that's awesome. But don't go and be a doctor because, oh, I'm going to make six, seven figures a year and I'm going to be able to have this and this and this. Well, what is that giving you? What is that fulfilling in your life? Right. You know, in order to have a real dream of something to achieve and I'm not just saying in what you want in you know your love life or anything like that to me that is that's different but to do a, a trade or a life 
passion. That to me is what is dream fulfilling, right. you know, towards something that you're passionate about, something that you can inspire others to do, um, collaborate with. I mean, if all the artists collaborated together and in, in yeah. just in the country alone or in a city or whatever, if we all collaborated instead of working as opposites We're and being competition oh, yeah. you know if we brought it together i mean how many we could change all kinds of things how many wonderful albums are this and this person that sat down and made this record off of nowhere you know yeah. i just came out how many great you know just wonderful songs how many how many you know poncho and lefties are out there because um willie and and and, and merle decided to sit and do a towns van zant song you know that's just hey we did this thing the the again the, i like country music the outlaw record you've got willie and waylon and and you've got tom paul glasher and jesse coulter all doing this thing together you take any super group you know it's just amazing when you or uh, a record label that works together mm -hmm. uh, rap is fantastic for that the rap and metal is done pretty good at it taking blending hey we work label mates so we do um, switch in and out and we perform this and, hey here's an album of us doing this together um, that's why I think comedy is really a great scene even despite its toxicity level um because comedians do tend to, to work together. Comedians will. Um, I think that's why it translates to acting as well, where you'll see uh, uh, people working together. Because the comedic and the acting worlds are, are very close kissing cousins. Well, that's very close here, kissing the, cousins. Uh, the film industry. Yeah. Here, like everybody works together. Everybody mm -hmm. helps each other. Yeah. You know, yeah. very little And they make maybe. magic in the yeah. film festivals. Right. Like well, it's one of the few things where it goes, hey, if you go somewhere, I know I go too. Right, I'm in that. I go to people spot you. They may look down and go, "Who's that dude?" And that's how how so many people. And I I hope to pull that off. I, I want to get more into acting, so that's maybe something I need to start watching some episodes and find it out where I can get more in because I want to do more because I have a, a different look. Again, I know I'm never will be a Brad Pitt, but movies, TV shows are always looking for that biker, hippie, cult, you know, Viking. There's a lot of stuff that people go, "You got exactly what I want." That's great. I need a crazy neighbor. You're a crazy neighbor. Come with me. And so I want to start doing more of that um, because I do have a, a niche that I think I can I can, Ooh, yes, I can, I can make some money with. Everybody has their own unique style and look. Yeah. And that's what they want. You know, they'll help with the talent part. Exactly. They'll tell you what to do. And, and if you can follow directions, you, you can act, basically. Be easy to work with. Yeah. And that's it's a matter of... A huge part of it. The look. Mm -hmm. Showing up when you're supposed yes. to being you know very courteous and stuff when you're on set with everybody exactly. else and being respectful and give people a reason to want you back yes exactly and, and the actors will find directors who want to work with them again and then you end up being danny trejo you start off as that mexican dude with tattoos mm -hmm. right and that's for for years that's what danny trejo was people didn't even know his name he was that dude oh that mexican dude good yeah he beats people and everything he's great and now He's a headliner. Mm -hmm. He fucking was that dude in the background of every bad jail biker move, and you become that. And so it does happen, can happen. So and that many becomes people. your platform. That becomes yes. your moniker. That becomes yes. you know, with Dream Big, you know, my brand is being a pinup. And right, I, I see instantly the old school, and you know, the tattoo, the pinup. I love it. By the way, I'm a huge fan. Um, I like old school rockabilly stuff and so that always ties to that even though i don't you know do the rockabilly thing i love it i love the shtick i'm f finally i i think i'm gonna score one here terry 
I might actually have somebody who will get a reference. See, Terry doesn't ever get any of my references because he's like 12 and I'm 113. So I'm used to nobody getting my references, but I, I, I throw one out here a lot that we have to Google frequently because guests never get it. But I think for once, Rose, I'm going to look you right in the eye because I think you're going to get me for once. I love Rockabilly. I love the shtick, the aesthetics. I love all of it. I love any of that. Again, old school country western shtick. I love a nudie suit. Please be the first person on my show history to know what a nudie suit is without me having to look. Are you there with me, Rose? I don't know what that is. I'm so sorry. You do. You just don't know the name. Okay. It's the uh, old school western Ryan selling the Porter Wagon. Oh! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Nudie yeah. Cohen was the, 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 the guy who designed him. He was called the Rodeo Taylor. My dad but, so had you a lot know, of those you know. Now, see, I love the, the Western with the Rodeo. What I want is the real rhinestone. I want the nudie suit Terry Terry produces. Nice. So you do know what these are. There's yes, stone. yes, yes. There's I just was not. I'm really bad with names. Right. And, you know, especially if there's any type of nickname and not like a. That's his name, Nudie. That's, that's all so he goes great. by. That's um, That's him on the, our left in the white with the red roses. Um, and what's funny is he's like a, a Jewish immigrant from Russia who just like started coming. He came to America, started designing clothes. He caught Lefty Frizzell, a country singer, and was like, hey, uh, I'll make a shirt for you. It won't cost anything if you wear it. People love it. And if we get famous, I'll make more. He did Elvis's gold lame jacket. Yes, the famous yes, Elvis. yes, yes. Nudie designed that. Um, Graham Parsons of the Birds, the, the marijuana suit with the pills on it. That is a, that's actually right in the upper right hand corner of feels. That's a nudie suit. Um, nice. Didn't Johnny Cash have something everybody, similar? Everybody did. If if it if it blings and it's older than nineteen eighty five, it's it's nudie. That's what but nudie color. Nice. Yeah, and then his I think his son in law, Manuel, does them now. These are Manuel. Uh, um, okay. Manuel is uh, who took over the Fame now, Nudie's like granddaughter still runs Nudie. Nudie, it's called Nudie Cohen's or Nudie Nudie the Rodeo Taylor. That's, oh, that's the fantastic. shit. And yeah, Nudie the every when you say Nudie suit, everybody's like, you want to be naked? And it's like, no, his name is. That's Nudie. what I was thinking. Everybody does. Um, but again, it's very pinup. It's 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 classic. Nice. The aesthetics blend well, and so the I, 50s I love were this. Wonderful. Yes. They really so I were. love the pinup style. I love the yeah, old school. John Dolly. Yeah, mm-hmm. everybody. It, it was just a thing for a long time, and Jack White still keeps it up. Yes. Post Malone's rocking them now. Yeah. Um, so it's a thing that's that I want like a classic black with just red roses. Like I, I kind of kind of this kind of what you've got on your mm-hmm. business cards. Kind of. I, I always say I don't want Porter Wagner at a whorehouse. I want Dwight Yoakam at a funeral. That's what I want. Just black, red roses with some little bling out for bearding competitions. Nice. Because uh, uh, aesthetics and, and costuming and character yes. do play into the judging yes. of a beard comp. And so I see a lot of uh, steampunk. I see a lot of Western, anything where you imagine it, old Victorian. Um, you see the Zeuses, the the hillbillies. You see a ton of shit. And I want a shtick that's mine. And so right. what I want to do is is the nudie suit. That would be a fantastic yeah. brand. Yeah, I think uh, 70s ZZ Top, you know? Right. Because um, they were big for them. Um, and then my wife was like, I'm not, it's like $4,000 even for a cheap one. And she was like, we're lottery rich before you do something dumb like that. And she was like, even then, you better wear that all the time. I was like, I will. I'll go to work in it. Like, I'll show. Hell yeah. I was like, I'll I'll do my first comedy special in it. I'll call it rhinestones and dick jokes. So I was like, I will do my first comedy special in that suit. I promise you. So, uh, but yeah, I love the, the, the pinup rockabilly kind of look. I'm a huge fan of that 50s greaser, motorcycles, hot rods. I, I love it. 
I kind of just fell into it whenever I started back modeling. Like, I, I modeled previously. Okay. And then I stopped for a long time. And then a friend of mine wanted me to, you know, she wanted me to get back into photography and she wanted me to pose with her car. And I'm like, well, what would I do, you know, posing with cars? And then she goes, oh, well, you, why don't you do pinup? Yeah. You know, you'd be great as a pinup. And, and she's, you already got Betty Bangs and hair and, you know, just find something. So I found this dress at a Goodwill. And it was very reminiscent of that time period. And I think it that. was actually a vintage piece. I find a lot of Hawaiian prints and the Western snap buttons at Goodwill. And I, I rocked that. And I did, like, my first, you know real photo shoot with her and of course this time there was the internet nice. and social media yeah makes and a difference. those pictures were able to go right out and other photographers started contacting me and modeling led to acting and right in that in-between phase um of also you know trying to get my book published at the time uh i started dream big it was a column, believe it or not, and that column birthed the show. <laughs> so it started as just like a kind of like a blog post kind of thing. Yeah, but I prefer column because I feel I felt like it was it, all in how I was it writing gets, it. It, it gets was demeaned. It, it does. It's yeah, like, oh, anybody could do that. We we have the same podcast stigma. When you say I run a podcast, people go, "Oh yeah, that was ever a lot asshole on the laptop." And you're like, "I get it. I don't like those assholes with laptops too." I try to be more presentable. I try to be more um, entertaining. I try to be more professional, and I try to create a better product. And so, but again, you you did it online, which mm -hmm. is again typically labeled in a blog form. But um, um, like a like what would have used to have been an advice column. Back mm -hmm. in the newspaper, yes. back in the day. Yes, and yeah. it was basically following what I was trying to do. Right. And then I started in, uh, thinking, well, nobody wants to just read about me all the time. So I started interviewing people either by phone or by email. And I did like a write-up, just, you know, call them interview write-up. Mm -hmm. And then uh, worked with uh, somebody and said, hey, look, you know, what about if we did a show? Because not everybody reads. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to do a podcast because I wanted to have a visual right. whole nine yards right. and wanted people to be able to see the guests and see who they were and see their performances. Different medium for different people, but that yes. definitely is the most encapsulating. Yeah, because You're everybody's get the wider on, net that you know, way. whenever people are bored and they start just watching YouTube and streaming things, and I thought, well, hey, you know, How why not try? podcasts are more famous because they put a video version of the same thing it, you know again if we had a camera in here and that's one of the things we hope to do when we get our, uh, the, our partner sit studio set up is to do because we can hey here's the exact same format mm -hmm. you can just see us nodding our head and you can right. see us going right. you're right and you can see the video that we pulled up to see the suit the right you know i mean like that's it that's the only difference but some people need that little extra right. butter on the popcorn right. well i was thinking for season five uh when we actually get to that next year um, is having both, having like filming it, mm -hmm. like we're filming mm -hmm. it, but having someone recording it for a podcast as well. That's that great. way, if someone can't 
take the time to watch it. They can listen, and then maybe if they like what they hear, they can go back and watch it and have like a visual stimulation too. You know, sports on the radio. For years, that's how people got sports was on the radio. We know as a visual medium, but how many will end in the third inning? He gets up, he strikes, and it's all the way out to the field, and the crowd goes wild. I mean, that was the only way people got sports for years. Or even television. Yeah. Oh yeah, radio dramas are great. You know, we didn't have this, so we had to put all the visual impact in it, and so. I think I think there's a room for both. There's people who mm-hmm. learn just like we need to teach our teachers and teach our children. Everybody learns different. And, hey, we're going to work with you to let you learn right. the way. Everybody absorbs entertainment different. Do you want to read it? Great. Here's a synopsis in print. Do you want to watch it? Great. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Do you just want to listen? Great. You can put your headphones on while you do your workout and listen and follow the show and enjoy. Here's for everybody. I think that's awesome, And Rose. one of my one of the ultimate things that would I think would be great is, you know, I'm there, you know, interviewing someone. Someone is recording for podcasts. And then a bonus, someone is actually recording it live, even if it's just a snippet teaser to show, hey, look, there's someone behind the scenes that's, you know, recording the podcast. Hey, there's there's a person that's actually filming this. This is like some behind the scenes of whenever I goof up my lines that I re- wrote and I can't remember what they are and I box them. <laughs> or I'm trying to coax my guests into like when we're on a break and they're just so nervous and they don't know what they're going to say or do, I tell really bad jokes. Oh, we're familiar with that here. That works. (laughs) Just to put people at ease, because I've done that. He knows. He's been there. I think it keeps the realism also. Yeah, I want things to be real and natural and not, you know, like nothing that my guests say is scripted. They say what they want. I say what I say scripted just because I've got to keep up. Yes, I'm a planner. See, I'm not. I don't come in here typically with any notes, anything outside of, you know, a few small things. Um, I like to just sit down and go off the cuff. And so that's how I prefer it. I don't go. I don't. But even my comedy, I don't write anything. I don't write, like, but I, I know comics who will write down every joke. Carlin wrote every word out, and for the first year, he or he would do a new hour every year. He would write it out, and for the first few shows, he would come out with a paper and read it. So if you saw like the virgin show of a new George Carlin hour, you literally saw him reciting his own work. And, and I, I, there's something interesting to that but god what the fuck like that drives me nuts i did that the first two seasons of the show i had like my notebook and because i had 10 questions right and it was like i'm sitting so rigid with the very first season i'm like wow that girl was uptight right (laughs) what was wrong with her do it they work out every word but i don't i write down the name of a joke and that's really it so i don't work that way i don't do the show that way i come in um you know but i still know when to turn and move and try and do my thing um but it it is hard it is definitely hard but i just i don't sit and write every word and come in scripted and plan so but i i don't want my guests to either so like when i'm sitting here having a conversation with you um other than I think of a few jokes maybe or things like the Knoxville thing that I want to open up with but I don't write that down I just work it out in my head and go okay I would like to thank these people for their wonderful event and remember some names um, I don't I don't want my guests to be scripted I want you guys to sit down and, and even people who aren't comfortable on a mic and I've had a few I've had a few guests who um, you know most of my guests have been comedians magicians some kind of performer so they're like you know I'm happy to be a ham and get in here but I get a few people um, who, who have um, no experience in front of an audience and are terribly nervous and it's like don't be man the mic goes away it's just us talking you know and that's what I like and that's what I want but um, it is nerve-wracking 
because you're like, I guess be ready, but I don't want to be too ready because that comes off real weird. Yeah. Well, so a lot of comedians write new material before every show. And, oh you know, yeah, that's really impressive. And then you get some people that are telling the same jokes every night for five years. You know, yes, before. yes. And I there's there's an art to both because that five year old joke is perfect. It is damn perfect. But it's been heard, and I know where it's coming, and nothing new is being added. And I can't just take a joke right before stage. I do work at it, but I just don't pull pen and paper. I talk to myself constantly. Again, I talk all the time, as you can see, even when I'm alone to myself. That's my rehearsal time. In the shower, I'm telling my, I'm going over my routine and my jokes and you know my drive somewhere. But uh, I, um, I, I love, love, love the idea of Dream Big. Rose, I, I'm just telling you, I am beyond blown away by what you've brought me today and um i cannot wait to find out more about your and les's relationship on some future projects that we may just hit in and yes, find out what can, else we can where else we can stuff. find um you guys and we'll um we'll set up do the five to drive but i think uh, let's take a break get a pee in um smoke a cigarette although real quick before we pull it up i'm going to announce right here today i've never publicly said this to anybody but the people i work with i am quitting smoking Oh, nice. And so, thank you. Thank you. Um, and again, like we said earlier with the poor man's copyright, I'm putting it on print right here. Um, in one week, I've already cut my consumption in half, so I'm trying. Um, I've just stopped taking them to work. Um, that's 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 my strategy. Um, I, I, I don't have a car, so I can't go get a pack. Um, nobody smokes what I smoke, so I can't bum one. So I'm literally trapped at job, my job for like nine hours at a time. That's the I got no choice. So that's the way I'm learning. So I've already cut my consumption in half. So I am gonna. It's my day off. Fuck it. I'm gonna have a cigarette now. But let's take a pee, have a cigarette, do our thing, and we'll be back with the lovely, lovely Les Murphy and the not so bad Rose Marie Machario on Deadbeat Radio. He is really pretty. He is. He is. I'm. I'd fuck him. I'd fuck him. Alien, Alien, Alien Expo. Coming to the Knoxville Convention Center August 17th and 18th. Enjoy a full weekend of UFO and alien phenomena. There will be vendors, music, lectures, meet and greets, book signings, and more. Come in your best alien or cosplay costume for a chance to win cash. Go to AlienXPO.com to grab your tickets now and get ready for the invasion. Here on Outlander Media Network, 
home of the best podcasts around with some of the best guests. And today I have two of the absolute best. I've had so much fun being inspired. Uh, and you are inspiring. Uh, I love, love the story. And so it's my pleasure to reintroduce you to, again, the beautiful Les Murphy. Hey. And the inspirational Rose Marie Macario. As always, Terry Snow bringing me those wonderful tunes. Yeah, some of the cult. It's the cult. Love them. Love them. Love them. And I, I love being here with you guys. Um, Deadbeat Radio is one of my highlights of my week. I love coming to do this. Um, I love my, my, my home here on Outlander Media Network and all that they do for me. So we are, we are happy to bring you quality product anytime. And I think quality people are what make quality product. I think having, again, like I said, I could just come around my mouth, but nobody wants to hear that. You, you said it so so eloquently earlier that, you know, you could tell your story so long, but eventually people want to hear something else. And so I feel that way because I, I think, you know, how I got into comedy, people ask me a lot and I tell my story and, um, you know, uh, of, of how I got there. And my wife and I were separated. We had lost a child and I was living in my car and just decided to fulfill a lifelong dream and here i am and so uh, but i thought when they you know when when i was offered my own podcast i was like i, I i'd love to do that i just want to do a talk show but again my story is only going to be told so many times when people are sick of it so your story coming here to tell it is very meta to what <laughs> we do and so i i love it and i love that you guys are here um i want to give a big shout out real quick before we get going back to uh some of the people that have also given us some love um, the Black Cat Curiosities and Oddities in Oneida, Tennessee. If you guys have ever been out there, um, the Ashley Burt, who's fantastic, runs an amazing store, um, and uh, we we, we kind of know her old man. He, he's he's somebody that we hang around with once Blue Moon. Uh, Mr. Chris Bell, who will also be premiering his new podcast soon, right here. Scared, stupid. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Scared, stupid. Yeah. Right here on Outlander Media Network. Going to be talking about all things horror and magic and all kinds of. Chris is like me. You can talk about anything with anybody, to anyone. So um, if you want um, any kind of oddities, curiosities, I know they sell um, a lot of stuff for smudging, and they sell some tarot cards, and so they sell some uh, beautiful handmade jewelry out there. So if you're into uh, anything that typically gets put in like a new age bookstore, go see those guys. They run the best around. So um, also a big shout out to Outbreak on Main Haunted House. Uh, we, again, we love uh, anything kind of odd, spooky. Um, and that's what you what we brought us here today. We'll, we'll dip our toes in that water a little bit later, but um, we're coming up on some awesome things, uh, hopefully, uh, with those guys as well. But a big shout out to Joe Shirt, uh, joeshirt.com, um, for anybody who's listening that needs custom merch made. Joe Shirt's fantastic. So if you need some Dream Big shirts made, um, check out Joe Shirt. They're great. Mm, yeah. Cool. So for, for anybody who's a, a musician or a, a comedian, you know, merch is your lifeblood. Yes. You got to have something to sell out on the road because people love you, but they want to remember you next week at work. Right. And so you got to have that stuff. And so JoeShirt.com, it's real simple. They got a great website. You just go pick your designs um, and how many you want and you're shipped and that's it. Um, and another thing, I, I always talk about comedians and musicians because that's what I know. But um, recently at my muggle job, I was uh, one of the team leaders was discussing getting t-shirts and stuff and i was like well go check out joeshirt.com you know so again if you've got the muggle job out there and you need some you know team building exercise shirts go check them out get a few made get what you want uh pick your designs so they're great so definitely something you should check out um but uh we're happy happy to have them on board sponsoring all of our events and speaking of events we have a bunch of cool stuff coming up with uh fanboy expo expo oh i gotta get out my old specs we put the board up and now i can't read hang on i gotta let me get out my my, my santa claus glasses here 
All right, the old man can see. We got Fanboy Expo coming up. Uh, that's going to be awesome. You ever done the cons? Do you do the cons? Yes. Okay. Yes. okay. I'll be there. I'll awesome. Be there. Awesome. I'm new to the con world. We did Creepy Con last year um, and loved that. Have you been to that before? Yes, I was at Creepy last year. And nice. First, I think the first year that they had okay. it. Okay. And we so. did cross paths because we were yes. there too. Uh, I was Rob Zombie, so we did cross paths. Yes. So if you saw just a random Rob Zombie in the audience. I actually met you whenever I was standing talking to Danny, the magician. Okay. Uh, and that's me. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Rob Zombie. So uh, that was me. So our paths have crossed. Um, and Fanboy's going to be awesome. I know Pee Wee Herman's going to be there. Yeah. Uh, Paul Rubens, I'm going to ask. But uh, he's <laughs> Pee Wee Herman to me, you know. Um, and so then we've got Alien Expo coming up. That'll be great. Uh, August 17th and 18th at the Knoxville Convention Center. We're definitely going to make a premiere there. There's no way out. Them Halfle Boys are going to let an Alien Expo come and go. Um, I've heard rumor Alex Foams will also be appearing. Uh, yeah, Alex Foams is uh, our um, friend who does uh, puppetry uh, of Alex Foams parodies or Alex Jones parodies. So Alex Foams is uh, uh, our conspiracy theory puppet uh, <laughs> fan um, for PuppetWars.com, and uh, so we think he'll be there. Uh, we got CreepyCon again, so August twenty third and twenty fifth at Chill Howie Park and Exposition Center. That'll be awesome. So uh, CreepyCon was a blast last year. I can't wait to do it again. And we got Zombie Fest in Oneida coming up August October twelfth. So got a bunch of good events coming up. Some fun for anybody who likes the creepies and the horrors, and we know we do. We're big horror fans here. Uh, and you've got uh, you know some stuff coming up with uh, our. Damn it, we were just talking about it outside. I'm a moron. The the. Oh, damn it, Terry! Don't leave me hanging here. What we were just talking about what the horror anthology. The horror anthology. Yeah, all right. Uh, that we were talking that the, again the, the the audio recordings and the audio stories. Okay. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Me and Les have talked about working on a horror anthology nice. here. Um, a video a film horror anthology uh make it a feature film and have a main lead in rose nice maybe. so uh it's all coming together. it's kismet it's all coming together right so we love that stuff uh we'll have a lot of fun with the uh zombie fest and uh, creepy con so i gotta start thinking about some costumes to do man i right. can't do rob zombie again it's really good but i can't do it again <laughs> no you do a good herschel I, too I, my herschel is also spot on that's, so. what, that's what i was gonna say yeah, yeah. uh i did you see my Herschel? I, I may have posted that recently. I did it for, um, we did a roast of Rick Grimes. And so we used to do the comedy roast. And they're starting to come back. We have the roast of Game of Thrones coming up next week. It's going to be fun. Uh, I'm going as a Starbucks cup. You could be uh, uh, easily from the Devil's Rejects. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. I've thought about that. I, I, my Otis could be pretty spot on, too. Oh, yeah, so yeah, my, yeah. my Otis could probably be pretty good. Uh, I am the devil. This is my uh, playground. So mm -hmm. maybe I could do that. Um, but uh, I love doing the character stuff. I'm a character jerk. That's just what I love. I, I'll do anything for Jim dressing up. And so we did her. I did Herschel for that. And then we there was a zombie f or walking at fest in White Pine, and there was a, co a costume contest. It was like 300 bucks, and I was like, I need that 300 bucks. So I went and I uh, I entered as Herschel. Um, came really close. I was so I came in the top three. The uh, second place went to a furry. She had made a furry suit, and it was good. And so you're like, that's a lot of work. I have an old shirt I haven't washed and a pair of crutches, and I pinned my beard and dyed it. I, I, I don't have much, right? So I was like, okay. And then first place went to like a four-year-old in an Easter Bunny costume because it was just everybody's audience applause. The little girl wins. You're like, fuck. 
but I love doing that stuff. Yeah, and I you're like, I get it. She doesn't it's even need the money. She doesn't it's even need the money. Yeah. That's why they have separation of adults yeah. and kids in those contests. Yeah, that would have been hint, nice. Hint, 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 hint. But uh, yeah, my Herschel uh, was pretty spot on. I love that one. But I, I tend to put anything into it. For a long time, I shaved my head before I started growing the full beard I have now. I shaved my head, and I was the bald guy for every roast. I did Stone Cold for the roast of Hulk Hogan, and I did uh, add, uh, Rob Halford for the roast of Axl Rose, and Professor X for Superman. So I was the bald guy. Now I'm the bearded guy. I did uh, Jim Henson for the roast of. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, I did Jim Henson for the roast of um, uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. So, because I think Henson did the best version of the Scrooge story. This is me and my opinion. I'm a big, fan. I'm a big Muppet fan. So, yes, yes, um, so I did Jim Henson, and basically I had me as a puppet, and me as Jim. But I had the puppet basically doing my voice, and we did a who's on first of each other. Nice. And so I suffered from uh, schizophrenia for a little while after that, <laughs> uh, but I love doing it. So that's a. Uh, that's my uh, my character sticks. I love them. So I gotta come up with something for next year. Bob but, Ross. Uh, Bob Ross. It's not bad. I could pin up. I'd have to get an Afro wig. Yeah. <laughs> I could do. I could do fanboy as Bob Ross maybe. maybe. <laughs> um, but let's uh, let's let's get back to our lovely guests and eventually hit uh, my favorite moment: the five to drive. Because we're we're running out of time. We're Haffle's coming up on our ass, and the last thing I want them Haffle boys mad at me. Um, or on your ass. Yeah, I don't want that either. No thanks. No thanks. <laughs> Um, so, Les, how did you end up on Dream Big? Did you audition? Was this something she said normally we found people? How did you end up with Dream uh, Big? We were friends socially, and we were Got just it. kicking around ideas, and she asked if I'd be interested in coming out and helping. So, so you, you said you're an idea man. Um, typically, what what is your favorite um, outlet to, to, to work in? Uh, right now, it's film. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of area that you can play. Yeah. equipment again out you know uh, editing software that stuff's cheaper and easier accessed all the time you know so that's great that's great what um what would you say is the thing that you want to do what's the thing if you again you're on dream big it's your time sam rockwell's there what's your next step what is it you want to do uh, i'd like to do some more leads uh, i've not done very many of those so okay. i'm just trying to get out there too and do as much as i can how long you been doing it uh Four years. So, I mean, okay. I've actually come pretty far in four years, but there's still a you know long way to go. So, yeah, I mean, I've already never. gone further than I've ever expected to go. You know, like I just like, well, I'm going to be an extra. You know, I don't have the look, I don't have the talent, and then you know these situations come at you like, hey, would you do this? Would you, you know? Yeah. And you don't say no to those. You no. Do them. He's no. a good actor. Don't let him be all coy with you. Well, I am. Um, again, I see it. You know, you say, oh, I never thought I had the look. I, I do see, you know, jokingly around, we're like the beautiful Les Murphy, but I, I, I think you do have leading man looks. You, especially in a post-Bruce Willis, Jason Statham world, right. you don't have to be um, a type. Like, we, we've accepted the Vin Diesels and the Rocks mm-hmm. and, and a more, because, um, pop culture cycles and that stuff there was a time when rugged manliness was in and then it went away and we went to a more um you know not feminine necessarily but polished i guess right. instead of a rough rugged handsome right. we went to a more polished kind of aesthetic every time and now we're starting to cycle back into some of that and i i, I disagree i think that you when i meet you i go i see you know a leading man right there so um i think that's great well i have a generic look about me so i mean i guess that helps it does people again want to paint themselves on it 
know. People want to paint themselves on on certain fields, so that when they see you, they do go, "Oh, oh I, 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 I get that. That guy's somebody I know, or that guy's me." So I think that's easier than when you see a, a Ryan Gosling, and you're like, "Oh, that's some guy my wife thinks about when she's taking a two-hour bubble bath." Right? right. Yeah. That's... And he's super versatile, though, because you did theater, you did To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh. Nice. So you have a theater background before going into film? Not really. That was actually my first real play, uh, other than some stuff with like churches and stuff as a kid growing up. Nice. I love it. I love theater and acting. But I wanted it, you know, I wanted the experience. It's fun. It does make you better. Yeah. He was such a great boo. And it makes you, it also (laughs) does make you easier to deal with in non-theater situations if you're used to saying the wrong thing and having to backpedal on the fly when you say the wrong thing in a discussion with your wife girlfriend boyfriend lover whatever you're like oh shit and it does make you easier to have to rethink and and, and kind of pull back it makes you react to situations different in real life it does translate to everyday shit in a in a way people don't think that it does well usually with uh, the acting here it's you know just the weekend or something you're doing short, right. you know with this you know it was like a whole month of rehearsals so it was like i really felt like i knew the character and understood the character i have not done that since i guess high school where i've done the whole rehearsals have been ready and typically it is like hey we're filming friday you come on out and it's yeah, like gorilla no. style because that's that's my friends too it's like we've got school all week that's how we're, works, we're doing it we've got the day jobs the muggle jobs um you know we're only going to be able can you be here this time to do this i need these people and i'm always terry will tell you i'll, I'll sign up for every gig that's how terry and i come together that's that's how our story leads us to yeah. this side of the table right. <laughs> um terry always puts out a casting call for i need this and I always show up because I'm hoping for that moment. I'm always you. You miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. Absolutely. And so yes. I'm always hoping for somebody to go, "Hey, who's that big fat bearded guy in the chaps in the background of your your movie?" I don't know what's his story, but I want to find out more. Well, I and think so. that's very true. Uh, you know, a lot of times you may not impress the person you set out to impress. Right. But everybody that's working on films wants to go higher with it. Exactly. You know, we all want to direct, we want to produce, whatever. And you know, the PA, the lowliest guy on the totem pole might have a script in his back pocket with you in mind. Exactly. It pays to be know. nice to everybody. Well, think about how many times, you know, you you see a, a um a Harrison Ford who's a carpenter on set, you know? That's how Han Solo comes mm-hmm. to fucking be. Right. He's a carpenter on set and somebody remembers him and then they were there and then they go to do and they remember hey, you wanna that's so many stories start that way. You know, so many um, Jimi Hendrix's were playing bass in Little Richard's band and, and the Zach Wilds who sold Ozzy Pot. And so, you know what I mean? Like, those stories happen. And so um, uh, I'm not necessarily willing to sell pot to the next Ozzy Osbourne, but I will definitely submit to any 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 gig that comes my way because uh, I love ba- it. All the bands that ever played in every dive bar across America. Exactly, you exactly. Know? So, I mean... And, and when you're doing, when you're an actor and you're doing all the different things, like you do a play or you're, you know, doing crime drama reenactments, and, a few of those. you know, being a detective or being a killer or being the victim or just being that guy in the bar that's the background and you're like, where is that place? And then you go to a different scene and, it, you know, there's strippers and stuff on the stage. You're like, oh, it's one of those crime reenactments. Awesome. Yeah. And, and then but you, you do learn the local too. stuff. Yes, and you learn. You learn, you know, all the simple things from where your ones are to 
hey, well, you know, you can't be in that position because you're casting a shadow exactly. over whatever. And then you get to do the indie stuff. And the indie stuff, you really get to, you know, shine because, oh, you know, yeah. they pick you to be a certain look. And then you get to be that character and you get to really show your stuff and what you can do. So to be able to be that versatile like Les is between, you know, crime reenactments and then doing all these indie stuff where you're you're either serious or you get to be comical or you get to be, you know, the lead rom-com guy, you know, I mean, you and never people know. people can make full-time livings out there doing right. extra work and I doing know this. people that do it. Yeah, so I mean, I, I want to get there myself. I would love to put myself out there to that point to do it. Again, part of me is scared and part of me doesn't have the knowledge, but it is out there. I know that you can just make doing extra work. It's not great. You got to work a lot. Right. And you all know, that hard work pays off. You're not going to Jim carry it and wow. make do one movie every two years and make a bajillion dollars. That's that's not going to happen. Mm. But you're going to be going to auditions. You're going to be yes. working. You're, yes. you're gonna, it's a full time job. Yeah, yeah. And you have to have that experience yeah. to even get an agent. And so you know he's had all this experience and you know time you know on set and people want to know you speak the language. Yeah. People want to know you know how to behave on set. People want to know mm-hmm. you know hey if if this is happening get out of the way people mm-hmm. want to know that you're aware of that yeah. and you need to learn that by going and not knowing and yeah. watching and going oh well this has oh, been my oh. film school and my acting yeah. school you know yeah. you've exactly from experience and that's the best way to do it i think so oh yeah i agree I think so and I then agree. when you have all that stuff to present and then you sh- show your you know whatever agent they two are trying to submit for and they see that you have experience it makes it all better to start out that way and to have stuff to show an agent. Whereas if you just have some headshots and zero experience yeah. except for high school theater, right. you know, it goes a lot longer, a lot, oh, yeah. you know. I mean, they can sell a look, sure, if you're, you know, the next um, whoever, you know, that's just got that look. Even though they've had no experience, they may pass on that until someone gets that experience right. because they want someone to show that, hey, they're doing the work. They're showing up. They're getting these gigs on their own, and clearly really didn't get fired from all of these. Right. right. So and, it instantly and goes. Got, the following people let you to hang show, around. You know, and they and they've got you know they've made a reel and done all these things, and you're like, oh wow, they've really done their homework. Yeah. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing, and they're proving that hey, I really want to be an actor. Yeah. And I think that's that's a part of it. You gotta want it. You mm-hmm. have to want it. You have to have the desire and you have to have the ability to know, hey, it's my day off, but I still have to get up and go to this audition and go do this and give it my best. And I'm exhausted because I've been, you know, stuffing sandwiches for all week because that's what I do during the day to make a little money or whatever. And so you have to be prepared to to kick butt and take names. Mm-hmm. And it's not in everybody's DNA to do it. Right. It's not. And I, that's what that goal and drive actually creates successful individuals to have their dreams come true. Well, I think that circles back to why dream big matters because some people just need to know you can. You can do it all. I think it's seeing people do it. Also, uh, I heard that James Cameron was a truck driver and quit his job after he saw Star Wars. Wow. And then, like, just kind of fell into it. Peter Dinklage quit his office job and got tired of being life in a cubicle, and he was... Homeless, well, practically homeless. I mean, he didn't have a very good place that he was living, but he was like, "Okay, how am I going to pay the rent now?" So yeah, and comedians <laughs> have this. You know, Ken Jong, for example. I mean, there's a, a a doctor set for life if he wants to be. Chose to do something, took a risk, 
obviously had a great backup plan. I wish we all had that amazing backup, plan. but took a risk and ended up being, you know, uh, a, an icon, a, a national, you know, um, uh, a comedic uh, face for so many things after the hangover stuff. But was a doctor, had no reason to, to want, you know, money wise or anything like that. And chose. Uh, Wes, and, Wes Craven was a college professor and quit yeah. to be a janitor on a film set. Yeah. And he said that didn't matter because once you've got your foot in the door, you're in. Exactly. And people tend to follow up. It's true. And That's it, true. He's a great example, you yeah. know, following your dreams and yeah. to hell you know, with what anyone How thinks. many roadies joined a band? Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, that happens, and that really oh, is yeah. the, the big metaphor. It's like, start, take any job you can. You know, yeah. do they... Hey, do they need somebody on this circus movie shoveling elephant shit? Grab a shovel, man. You know, because somebody's going to be like, are you really doing that? And yeah, I am. Experience. And here's my chance to tell you yeah, all right, about it and get right. to know you and you yes. to make an impression. And maybe you're the guy to go, put the shovel down. Come with me. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to also think, and this is a very important, and I always tell people, listen, now, when you're talking about all these people that did the Harrison Ford thing or mm-hmm. did the Wes Craven thing, the naysayers go and say, "Oh well, that was them," you know. I mean, th- that was them. You. That you know, right. and then they try to put you down, like, "Well, you, you're not them. You're not. That's only for special people, and you're not going to do that." I mean, you know, you don't even live there or do whatever, and you can't let that happen. You exactly. can't let them say what they what want. What if they had been told? It's not going to happen to you. Yes. What if, what if Harrison Ford had been saying, it's only going to happen to Marlon Brando. It's not right, you. Right, right. You know, I mean, that's not the way it works. You can't say what if. Fuck that. You can't that. do that. No. And you have to, if they want to do their speech and say, okay, whatever, let it roll off your back mm-hmm. and focus on you mm-hmm. and not whatever someone else's voice is to become your little voice. You can't be your little voice of negativity. You no. have to know that... This is what I want. This is what I'm passionate about. And this is what I'm going to do. And I don't care what my parents say, my girlfriend says, my husband, my wife, my whoever, my cousin three times removed from wherever. You know, you have to be your own voice and say, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to try to make sure that I don't let myself give up. Well, I'm going to keep doing it. I think, I think you know, I meant to, to, to big, give a big shout out earlier on this, but I think June, Pride Month, Pride Pictures are all coming back. It's the same thing in any aspect of your life. Be yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid. Not everybody's going to like it. That's okay. You know, not some people are going to be honest and give you honest critique and criticism. Listen to those people and then think about it and then go on about with what you want to do mm-hmm. having taken that. Hey, you know what? You're right. Maybe I'm a little over the top with this. Maybe I should probably work on this a little more. You know, I was kind of an asshole to that guy last night. I should probably not be so aggressive. So, you know, sometimes, you know, friends are going to give you good advice. But whatever you want to do, be yourself. Be out about it. And, and, and a happy Pride Month to everybody out there celebrating. By the way, we have, you know, DeCambrio was playing Pride last festival night. Festivals, awesome. yeah, again, pictures are all coming in. So anybody <laughs> um, is celebrating, and um, for anybody who's felt the need to have to hide and can, can go and have a good time, enjoy. And and I know June will probably, you know, be coming to a close by the time this comes out. But I hope everybody out there who, who needed Pride had a blast and got everything they needed out of it. But it really is the same mentality in mm-hmm. your work. Be yourself. 
Don't be afraid. You know, come out and go, hey, this is who I am. Do you want Do you want to accept me? Great. You don't? Cool. I won't waste my time with you. Right. And you don't have to accept me. And that's that's fine. Um, yeah, I, I'm a little weird and I'm a little different and that's fine. But I'm going to go find somebody to accept me. And, and, and we're going to accept each other. And then we're going to find more people to accept. And we're going to do our mm-hmm. thing. And that's fine. You, you're good. I don't hate you for not liking me. I'm, I'm a bit much. And I get right. it. But you know what? And so it, it's the same thing. And so for everybody out there celebrating because they can enjoy it. For everybody out there busting their ass because somebody told them they would never make it good for you. Well, I think, what, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think the people that tell you you can't are just as important as the ones that tell you you can't. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. you have to have that drive or that push. Like, well, I'm going to show this person, you know. I did. Go ahead, Rose. What were you going to say? Well, one thing that should be very important as far as constructive criticism go, it should only be amongst your peers mm-hmm. or someone in that business that knows what right. they are talking about is reference to, oh, well, I was a little bit over dramatic for this scene or I was under dramatic or I didn't have enough of a, you know, a speaking voice to make myself clear. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that kind of criticism should come from a professional level, yeah, if you don't have not from your here. neighbor that or your just, uncle ha- or your yeah, or, or somebody that is not in the business yeah, or is yeah. not a creative. That is very important yes. too. I've noticed that people that are not creatives have the most horrible advice for people that are creatives and then they want to run with oh well that was my idea they are there because that was my idea and that's what I told them the old adage of those who can do and those who can't teach it it really is is, it's sort of that adage in life I I don't I can't do that I've had people tell me that well you know I know you do dream big and and you're hosting all these people that are trying to do this and I I hear that you're an actress also well have you thought about just being a a talent agent or a manager and I'm like no I'm promoting because I want to help promote them because I am their peer we get it I am the... trying to do the same thing you know I'm trying to be an actress too right. or I'm trying to do this just like this particular guest and to me dream big means a lot on a personal level because not only are they my peers but they are my inspirations also exactly to not give up because I've had guests on that were actors and they had gone so much further than myself and I'm like, oh my gosh, I know I can do this. I shouldn't quit because they kept going. We as comics get it with the, hey, here's a joke you could use. And it's like, hey, you know, you could go use that joke. I don't need you. Right. It's like, you don't do this. Why would I take your, like, I? what you're trying to do is, is trying to live vicariously for a moment and I don't need that. Right. Go do it yourself. Or get off my wagon. Well, so I've noticed that with like comedians and actors, everyone's just like, "Oh, that's easy. That's easy. Yeah, you can do that. I can uh, do that." that people enough. worked on that. I'm funny. I could be a comedian. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you have one out of about two hundred things you need. So that's good. That's good. That's a start. You have one out of a lot. Do you also know how to keep a crowd entertained? Do you know how to read a crowd? Do you know the timing? Do you know what to do with the microphone stand? Mm-hmm. Do you know like? Do you know what makes one joke funnier? Do you know what sounds are funnier? Because certain sounds actually certain k-, k-, k sounds funny. It's so I don't know why it works, but it works. Do you know what the rule of three is? Okay, so you've got one out of about two hundred elements. Mm-hmm. And so I I am so glad you said that because again as comics that's our thing is here's a joke here's something you could use in your skit. Okay, one, I don't do improv, I don't do skits, and two, there's something you can use in your skit. Go write a skit. I don't, I don't need that. So, um, but what I do need is a chance to let my guests out there listening 
know where we can find you guys. So for anybody who's fallen in love with you today, like I have, where do we where do we find? I gave Rose first shot. Les, we'll we'll let the gentleman take the lead in round two. Where can we find Les Murphy if we've fallen in love with your beautiful everyman acting self? Uh, I think the next thing I've got coming out is a video for the Appetites uh, called Static Friends. I play one of the politicians arguing in the background. Nice. We were talking about puppets and stuff like that. There's some puppetry in it. Sold. Uh, Jameson Stallsworth and his wife Tiffy are the puppeteers in it. And uh, Kevin Keck was the director. And... uh, the guys from Far Productions were involved with it. Uh, Eddie Resendez. Well, so there, awesome. There's a lot to it. Uh, well, when you get it done, let us know. We'll share it on the when it, it comes out. When it comes be out. coming out anytime. We'll share it soon. on the Debbie Radio site. And, We'd uh, love to see that. It, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's the characters are dressed like uh, one's dressed like Bob Ross. The other one is Bill Nye, and uh, I can't think of who the other one was. Do you remember? Who I said it was? Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers, that's it, yeah. So the guys in the band are all dressed like that, and nice. I guess it has to do with, like, flipping channels. You know? Love it. Love so it. It's, Love it was it. a lot of fun. So now, are you a social media guy? Do you have the Instagram? Do you have the Twitter? Do you have the yeah, Facebook? Yeah, I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Anything crazy we got to go looking for? Any nicknames, you know? Mm. Less the mess at Twitter. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't tweet. Nothing, nothing I'm so like awful. So. Less than productions. Uh, yeah. Uh, Less than productions. Because he likes to brilliant. play producer. It's yeah, brilliant. Yeah, got a couple of things that are going to be with the Knox Film Festival. Uh, okay, in the awesome. Fall, I guess, around September. There's a couple of those. And Rose and I were in one of the Tennessee 10 films together. Love it. And then I was in another one, but I can't really say too much about it because we don't want to give away any of the plot details or anything Excellent. like that. And it has to do with the Knoxville Film Fest uh, Festival, like rules, rules and regulations. Yeah. Right, right. You can't get free publicity. <laughs> right, exactly. right. And that's what it is. And that's not what we're doing. We want to set for the record. I had no idea. We just brought two lovely people on here to talk. But <laughs> anyway, and Rose, same goes for you. Where can we find? I know you mentioned Dreaming earlier, but. For anybody who's fallen in love and inspired by you, how do we how do we follow that inspiration? Well, how do we the, keep feeding that that need for more Rose Marie Machario? Adam.com to it, and you'll find all of my things. Well, that makes Everything it from my acting, my modeling, <coughs> my, uh, the Dream Big stuff. Um, you can also find all of my social media, which includes Facebook, Instagram, like Twitter, and LinkedIn. And there's automatic little buttons where you can go right to the social media uh, platforms. Um, And then, of course, I will be making um, appearances um, between Fanboy and I might go to CreepyCon if I don't have anything going on that weekend. The Imaginarium. Um, Imaginarium, I will be attending, and it is October 11th through the 13th. Cool. And it is in Louisville, Kentucky. All of us guests. Nice. Love Louisville. Yes, and I will be debuting my book there. Okay. Uh, I know we couldn't talk too much about the book, but we do have it coming up. But what I do want to say is as that comes up, for the people that have fallen in love with you, we will be releasing information because I know we've talked about some Mm behind-the-scenes events coming up. And we definitely want Deadbeat Radio to be a part of that. If you will have us, we would love to be a part of that. Of course. And you're welcome to come back as we get closer and we can plug a little more, but we'll definitely be dropping that that stuff as we go. That would be wonderful. I would really love that. But I will say that, and this is for anybody out there, when I started Dream Big and I was starting my column, I was talking about my, you know, hard times that I was trying to get this book published and trying to find an agent and and doing stuff. But this September will be nine years since I wrote it originally. Yes, nine years. 
to and show people how long when people yes, when you blow up and yes. people go, oh, it was it was just it was an overnight success. And it was like you're right, no, a nine year nine overnight years. success, and over well over a hundred rejections by yeah. agents and small presses alike. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those blessings from the universe and all the deities that uh, someone that I met having on my show, Dream Big, put me in contact with their publisher. Just for anybody who wanted to know if it was a successful idea or not, there you go. Its own show paid off for itself. It all comes full circle. Yes, yes. And everything it pretty much has. And it's been such a blessing. And I really feel like even though it took that long, I think it was the right moment, the right time with the right publisher. And I couldn't feel more at home without Seventh Star Press. I mean, Stephen and Holly are amazing. They're great people. Good people. I I mean, that's what it's all about. Good people. They're family. They're so family. And I really feel like my book series is right where it belongs. And I couldn't be more happier. So what started out is... (laughs) What started out as just a a dream that I literally had and then wrote down a notebook um, ended up being the premise for an entire series later awesome. she let me do the conceptual art for the book also mm-hmm. nice. so, got, yes. you know, so you also draw you yeah. that's yes. great so yes. that's another aspect that's awesome and he's a musician too well i was about to say i i find that most of uh, um, musical people you, you you hear about like keanu reeves being a band and kevin bacon being a band and this that and the other and you know this jim carrey painting and uh, i also do comedy and music and so i think most creative people find just multiple outlets. I think they have to, or else they kind of fall into that depression, and that opens doors. If you listen to the opening song, the opening music Uh for season four of Dream Bag, that would be less. 100% you record. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I just... Nice. uh, We recorded it on my iPhone. That's fantastic. I I just tried to match what she was humming, like she had the tune. Yeah. Nice. And I just tried to... Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. And we have lyrics for the song. And at some point, you know, we plan on collaborating with somebody um, about doing a full-scale song based on the music that he came up with. I love that. But I just like to try to do everything. I mean... Well, I, I started doing music. I did in high school. I was the band geek and theater geek, so I did both. Right. Um, and then you know, I played in the band for years. Never thought about you know doing any kind of acting other than some friends who were you know film students. Hey, can I be on set and have some fun? Um, and did some of that. But I, I did music, played in the band for a long time. Quit. Um, you know, just life gets in the way. Life happens. And um, you know, over the years, it sold or pawned everything. Had begun doing comedy. I love that more i would never if i had to give one up i'd give up music because i love comedy that's definitely one but i i just missed it and i was like i don't want to play in a band anymore even i do i just i I can't i don't have the time you could always combine it but uh i thought about it i love stuff like wheeler walker jr that does combine you know the two and i thought about it but again i'm not the singing comedian i don't think that's my thing i like i like my music a little more serious i like my comedy a little more wacky and so but i wanted to after you have to sell or pawn all my gear over the years um i started getting back into it i bought myself a guitar and i bought myself an amp and uh, i've been fixing it up because I've, I've enjoyed the dad garage aspect right. of tinkering with it and so i'm i'm, I'm enjoying having that outlet again i've missed that well, so i think the arts open so many doors yeah, i mean multiple outlets is definitely i think the yes. way to go for me and for so me, that's what started it is, well this know. is a different outlet than comedy yes it ties together and the skill sets are kissing cousins but it's different you know this is a totally different but i love this too i need this um, I probably get 
as much fulfillment and pride out of this than I do comedy or yeah, anything else that absolutely. I do. I mean, I got those kids and stuff, and they're not bad. I mean, right. they're they're fairly stupid, but all in all, they're okay. I, I kind of like them, so I, I'm sort of proud of that thing, too. But I really like this. I really enjoy this. Um, they don't listen, so I can say stuff like that here. Um, and my wife doesn't listen, so she won't tell them. So we're, we're good. We're in a pretty safe zone here. Um, but no, I kid and I love my wife and kids. I just um, I like wife. Please take my wife jokes, you know. It's a, uh, but um, uh, it is one of those things where it's like this. This is different, but I love this. I, I love comedy. Like to have things that yeah. make us feel fulfilled. Yeah. Well, I tell you what fulfills me is having wonderful guests sit down and, and complete one of my favorite moments of the show, the five to drive. And so it's the five questions I ask every guest to drive this episode home. My little questionnaire. I love lists and countdowns, and so this is my fun way to do this. So we're going to do something a little different. i got two guests, and again, I can go for all, all night when it comes to this if I don't watch myself. So making a ton of lists can watch ourselves. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you guys to the test to see how well you really work together. Okay. Um, that sounds fun. Yeah. So number one on our, our five to drive is always a, a top five list. Um, I make mine sweet. You make yours. I'll compare them. We see how they go because I enjoy that. And I kind of try to cater it to each individual guest. Um, something about them that I know or something we've talked about. But in this time, I want your answers submitted as a team. So the two of you need to compile a five. So if you have disagreements, it's up to you to work it out. I want to see how well you guys work. I'm sure you will. But but that's why we need to come up with the top five answers, no particular order. Um, and, and we talked earlier, you know, that you guys were working on some, some horror projects with Terry. And, and obviously we all kind of like horror movies and stuff. So that's really where I wanted to get with. Because I was like, I, I don't know these guys yet. But I instantly love them. But I didn't know that then. I didn't know that, you know, when I came up with plan. So here's what I want. I want your collective top five horror movie icons. Now, here's where this gets fun. I saw the question. Is he talking actor, movie? It could be all of them. So oh, okay. we've really got to reach. We've really got to work. Five iconic characters. people. Um, Robert England, horror icon. But so is Freddy, Freddy Krueger. So is Wes Craven. So, again, what five horror movie icons are you putting on that Mount Rushmore? Oh, and you got to work together. Jack, yeah, you got to. Uh, nope. No We're working together. We got to work together. I want. I want a communal list here. So I mean, I've got mine. Okay, and so she mentioned Jack Nicholson. I guess from The Shining. Oh, yes. So, yes. I, I. I'm taking my glasses off. I considered that. So you consider Nicholson, even though he only did one real horror movie. It's that good. He did. Yes. He did the horror movie. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. What do you think of that Doctor Sleep coming out? Has anybody seen, have you seen the trailer I, for I'm that? I'm looking forward to it. That's actually, interesting. Interesting. have you seen I that? Seen the it's. Movie. It's. Uh, I saw one. It's a sequel to The, the Shining. Shining. It's, it's Danny Danny grown up. Oh, wow. Um you and McGregor plays Danny grown up. Neat. I, I I haven't I haven't absorbed enough of the trailer, but I think um I think that's a, a big one. Well, you know what? Jack also did uh the original Little Shop of Horse. So yeah. Nicholson did that <laughs> and the Wolf movie where he was kind of a werewolf. The Fog Oh yeah, uh, it's called Wolf. It's just called Wolf. Yeah, yeah it's wolf. called Wolf with uh, is that Michelle Pfeiffer yes. in that. Um and then he did a uh son of a bitch. Not Russ Meyer, but the horror version of Russ Meyer. Why is he losing my name? The B movie king, he was Roger the Corman. With the Roger Corman. That's exactly Horace Karloff. That Roger Corman was what I was trying to think, but that's correct. So Nicholson, great, great. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a big fan. I I wouldn't. Have, that's why I do this. 
I would not have put him on my list. Well, I just wouldn't have thought about it. But you're right. He is that face, mm-hmm. that face breaking through the, the door. That is iconic. And it's, it's really is. Okay. Okay. So collectively, we're off to a good start. So what's uh, what's number two? Bruce uh, Campbell. I think he should have been number okay. one. But uh, that's just Campbell. me. We're not. No, no particular order. So uh, Ash from the uh, Rose, you agree series. with uh, that? You, you put Campbell on there as well? Again, I want a collective list. You guys got to work this out. You need to submit answers as a team. <laughs> so again, what do we what do we got? I wouldn't have thought of that. I would have thought of Campbell before Nicholson because Campbell did go through mine. Because remember, I write my list in advance, so right, I actually right. have a moment um, to think about it. But um, Campbell did pop into my list. He would definitely. I would put him an honorable mention on mine. Yeah. So Campbell's good. I I wouldn't argue that, but I'm not your teammate in this game. Linda Blair. Linda Blair, yeah, definitely. Okay, that's, that's a good one. Yep, what yep. came to mind? Yeah, actually, Linda Blair. Yeah, uh, I, she's at least in the top three. Oh yeah, I, I would put Linda Blair on there again. Mm-hmm. She didn't make my list, but I can't argue that. Like we were talking about Nas, there were people, their names that will come up. <laughs> Linda Blair is an acceptable name, even if you don't agree. Or like, you know, I think it's arguably like the scariest movie. Like if you ask anybody, you know, it, it is terrifying. It is absolutely terrifying. Just the whole premise. I mean, he mm-hmm. he really just nailed that. It's so good. It is so good. And uh, I, I think the 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 uh, the immediate sequel sucks, but three is terrifying. Yeah, three to me is actually scarier than the first. When the Exorcist three, fuck, ah, because now again I'm a wiener. In, in the same way I will cry at a movie, I will pee on myself in a heartbeat. I am horrible. I am a, a child. I will jump and scream. The Exorcist three, when she crawls across the ceiling in the background, the old lady crawling, doing the spider. That that is one of those things that freaks me out so bad. So the three actually probably terrified me more than one. But uh, Linda Blair. Oh, it, yeah, Tim Curry and It. Okay, so we're going It, but specifically the Tim, Tim Curry. Tim Curry, yes. Okay, Pennywise. That made me hate clowns for the rest of my life. I was 10 years old when that came out, and that was a made-for-TV movie, and it really scared me. It's I still mean, scary. Yeah. yeah. What uh, Have you seen the new one? I have. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I like it. I mean, it's good for what it is, but I mean... I was around the same age as those kids when right. the first one came yeah. out, so I guess it was just... That can make a difference. Yeah. It really can. Yeah. It's amazing how that stuff sets on you. I um, I saw the trailer for part two, and it took me a while. Like, she kept talking about dairy, but I didn't catch it, um, and where she comes to the old lady's house. Have you seen this trailer? Yeah. The, again, the old lady moving weird, and one thing, she's just naked in the background, and, and like chills, like freaks me the absolute F out. So... Um, uh, I, I I think classic Pennywise is definitely because again that's an icon. Mm-hmm. That's that face is just iconic. That red balloon. I think as good as this one may be, it'll always be that version. When people say Pennywise, that's the image. Well, that I think it's just mind. his personality. Oh he yeah. Sold it. yeah, I love Tim Curry. Yeah, he was great. scary and legend also. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Tim Curry is great. Yes. Um, I think absolutely one of those actors that. No matter, I think my favorite thing he's ever done is Clue, yeah. and it's just one of those. No matter what he does, he's just he's brilliant. He's absolutely perfect. Great so uh, yeah, good one, good one. Uh, great list so far. So we got Nicholson, Linda Blair. So we got two actors and one character. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we're off to a great well, start. Well, I want to say a movie wise, and just because it's a generations thing, a Poltergeist. Absolutely, the original Poltergeist. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, the first nightmare I remember having was after watching that movie, like when the, the kid's face falls apart. I actually oh. had that dream that that happened to me and woke up screaming. I think the scariest TV thing static for me was when me. Craig T. Nelson was possessed <laughs> and he was just like this scary male being that, you know, it's supposed to be someone that you love and trust and all of a sudden they've 
turned on you and they're just this whack job and angry and you know violent and you know threatening i mean that to me you know was very scary in the same way like uh stepfather the horror movie stepfather is that same way it's like not and even to me the people under the stairs yeah um because that's kind of a dumb horror movie in general but you're like that's a terrifying villain just some crazy Mm -hmm. old couple locking people up in their bed that's far scarier to me than anything and amityville yeah, when yeah, the guy the goes whack job oh, in Amityville, yeah. well, there's the just so one. much that happens yeah. in, in Poltergeist. Also, do TV know, static like, for a long time terrified me. Yeah. No joke, mm-hmm. like it just freaked me out. It's the the knowing, but the unknowing. Oh yeah, and, and not being able to see what your you know antagonist is. So it's got to be horrifying. I, I got to ask know? you, Leslie. I got to stray for a minute. Knowing that you put poltergeist you threw this out here you threw poltergeist out there right it was your suggestion you threw poltergeist out there knowing you threw poltergeist out there and apparently your affinity for sam rockwell how upset were you over the remake <laughs> yeah that's not that's, so a, good. that's a double I donger i haven't either but i've not heard I one did, good thing about it i did it. see it and uh, i can't say a whole lot because i actually snuck into a theater to see it I've never heard a good thing about it. I didn't watch it either. It's not terrible. terrible. I'm okay with remakes. Like people just bitch about them. It's like I'm cool. Like some remakes are okay, correct. but some are awful. Like you know, Fright Night, for example. The remake of that's supposed to be terrible. I it didn't is, watch it. It is terrible. Right. It, it's horrible. Make and me a better version. That's all I want. Don't make it different. Make me a better or version. Or continuation or right. something. Like for you know? me, the um, the Texas Chainsaw remake with Arlie Army. I, that was great because yeah. it was a whole new take on it and it was like dark it was gritty it was like but it was the same basic story it was like cool the Hills Have Eyes remake mm-hmm. wait yeah. the nuclear uh, uh, fallout aspect to the camp alright wait that's what I want I know it's controversial the Michael Myers Halloween from uh, 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 backstory from Rob Zombie yeah. I thought it was great yeah. the abusive stepdad and the the stripper mom and the you know the masks being thing from kids mm-hmm. I thought that was a neat back give me something new I think that was cool well I like what they did with it where they put it in the 80s you know, right that's like a different take than the 50s right so right because yeah. again it's it's the whole point it's the different. 80s it's the generation of the 80s that Watch everybody wants the original Exactly. It. And so then you have exactly. that time. And so you're even adults, you know, you're like, wow, that's the 80s. Yeah. That was whenever I watched the original It. Exactly. Well, there was a lot they could have done with it, too, that I wish they had. Like, it's, you know, they had the werewolf in the original. There was some right. talk that they were going to try to use Freddy, you know, because that was a current monster. Right, right, because he shows, shows up the, as, as other monsters. And, and he, the whole point is to scare you for what you're afraid yeah. of. And then they even could have used, like, Silver Bullet. That right. could have been the movie. You know, and that's right. another Stephen King tie. Would have been good mm-hmm. there. Because all his worlds do end up tying in. I mean, anybody yeah. who knows anything about the Dark Tower, any of that, the stand knows they're all mm-hmm. blended together. It's one big incestual uh, horror fuck fest. So, so I got, we got, we got one more. Yeah, we got Christine, one more. The car. Oh, yeah. the car. Okay. The okay. car. Okay. Well, I think that's a, a hell of a list. You guys went on a different direction. I, I think that's great. So you got Nicholson, you got Linda Blair, Pennywise, specifically mm-hmm. Tim Curry, Poltergeist. I just pictured that the the for me the VHS the the the, mm-hmm. the back of, of of her head of of uh, Suzanne uh, is that her name Suzanne Caroline yeah. Caroline the back of Caroline's head and the TV just glow just ah. Oh. There's just so many creepy things about that movie. And then Christine, just that, again, the, mm-hmm. the VHS box of the headlights. Mm-hmm. That's and a great Braveyard list. Cars right now is yeah. doing a remake and putting a elephant in it. Oh, 
Yes. Wow. For I SEMA, think they'll eventually remake year. that movie too. Yeah, I can see that because that's a classic. That goes for everybody. You catch some now, you'll catch some 70s old Charger or something mm-hmm. that works for the car your dad would have had. Yeah. That's a great list. Um, I had, for me, for Leatherface, I'm a huge Texas Chainsaw fan. Um, Leatherface, because I'm not into Freddy. Freddy does nothing for me. Never did. I'm not a huge Jason fan. Those just weren't my guys. So I wasn't for, into any of the slasher stuff. I was. I, I like, It was all ghosts, hauntings, and see, things I that like, can happen. Natural disasters. I, to me, typically my horror um, love is B. I love B horrors. Yeah. The shittier, the better. Trauma, um, killer clowns. Right. I, I'm I'm typically the shittier, the better. But um, I kept this pretty pure horror, uh, just for the again not going metal and subgenre right. to death. Um, like again, music can do and movies can do. So I try to keep it. But I, that's me. I love shitty, 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 shitty. Shitty, shitty, shitty B movies. Like I'm, I'm the target audience for Sharknado. Like I was like, yes. So I love that stuff. But for me, when it comes to, I like the old school slashers. But I just, for me, Freddy was dumb. Like the humor aspect. It's like I don't, I don't need that. And Jason, just I never, I never got into him. I never watched him until as an adult. Um, Child's Play to me was stupid. Like I just always thought it was dumb. Um, I do want to watch the new one because it is a horror movie and it does have Aubrey Plaza, so there's a chance she might show a titty, and I want to see that if that happens. <laughs> I think it's um, a generational thing. Like those movies, they put one out them, like every year. Yeah, I just couldn't get into it. Year. So trying to get um, all the different. Right. I like you know to me I was more I like Pinhead, which was a definitely an honorable mention. I thought Pinhead would make mine, but I was like eh. Um, but Leatherface for me and The Shape. Michael Myers, as as most people know him, but the shape, the original, I love it. That's that's just the one. That's the horror movie that that turned me on. Was because it was it was so real. It was like just a dude who just fucking no reason, no rhyme. Well, I think had that no purpose. Black Christmas might have been the first ones. Yeah, yeah. Now Black Christmas, I struggle with because I don't like that psychedelic art house Italian horror I don't like the Dario Argento family tree of horror and Black Christmas the original one hit that it's not bad it's not Suspiria bad for me because I just I can't get into that stuff right yeah the the art house Italian horror is not my thing it's a psychedelic light so Black Christmas is good but it has a little touch of that so for me I fall into the original babysitter trope of the, the, the Halloween I love that um, Michael Berryman, I had to put an actor on there because to me, Michael Berryman is the face of horror. Yeah. You know, uh, from everything from Hills Have Eyes, Hills Have Eyes, and then later to show up in Weird Science, Science. and and Molly Crew smoking in the boys' room. Just he had that look that's I, to me the poster boy. And again, there's somebody who was just like, hey, it's I'm like a, Christopher Walken. Yeah, it's like, hey, I'm happen to be a genetic freak with an interesting look. Do you want to stick me in a horror movie? Oh, now I'm an icon. Right. And so I think Michael Berryman's interesting. I think he's his story's interesting. I don't know if you're familiar with his story, but you have to check it out. His parents were um, doctors and like experimented with legal drugs to the point he was born with like a f- record-setting amount of birth defects. He doesn't have like fingernails, sweat glands, example. fingernails, hair. He has none of that because his parents fucked up and and experimented with so much uh, uh, drugs because they were just like super smart doctors and were just like crazy Timothy Leary kind of doctors. Wow. And so, but. It made him a legend, you know. I mean, it made him an icon, and so a uh, way to turn it around out of nowhere. Um, Stephen King, I just put him on there, and you know what's funny? I don't like Stephen King. I don't like his work, but he is an icon. Like, I don't every Stephen King book I've read, I hate. I just I don't like them. I'm not a fan. I don't get it. The movies 
tend to always be shitty movies, which sucks. It's like the stories are pretty good, but why do you make the shittiest made-for-TV versions with few exceptions when you take it out, the percentage of his movies that are actually quality right. versus how much shit they've thrown to the wall to see how much sticks? You know why he does that, right? No. Because he let Kubrick do The Shining, and he hated it. Oh. So now he has more control when he does the shitty um, made-for-TV movies. Okay. They let him be a producer. Acceptable. And Acceptable. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then last but not least, again, somebody I'm not a huge, not a diehard, but um, I put in Hitchcock. I think, again, he suspense and it's different, but what he did to horror with Psycho right. and the birds, I think that's it just so... Mental. Yeah, yeah, it was. It really was just so unique. Um, I thought that was um, somebody I, I had to put on my list. And again, so King and Hitchcock, I'm not even a big fan of, but it's like, hats off. I got to give it to you. Right. So, um, good horror movie icons, guys. I really, uh, I like what you did well, there. We can talk horror all day. I know, I know. Um, so, that it was, was good. better than me. <laughs> so that was an excellent first on our top five right off the gate. Um, we we tend to do again something. Our next one we love stables and groups. I, we're all big wrestling fans here, so we like the wrestling stable. Comic book fans, so I like the super group. So what I typically do is I give the four because they come in fours: the Fantastic Four, the Four Horsemen, the Fab Four. Whatever you like tends to somehow come in four. So here's your chance to each create your own answer. You get one night to create your own four-piece, just out in the world, doing whatever you want to do. What three living celebrities do you choose? What three living celebrities make up your one posse du jour to just do whatever you want for the night? You got one chance to be part of that hangover group and maybe get remembered next time they go out. Three living celebrities. Rose, who are you going out with? Oh my gosh. Three living celebrities wow. to form your super four man posse. Oh, Seth Rogen. Good choice. Excellent. <laughs> he seems like he would be super fun. <laughs> I love Seth Rogen. Good choice. Um, Mila Kunis. Also a good choice. She seems like she would be fun. All right. Okay. And probably, um, gosh. There's so many. There's so many. It's so hard to choose. So hard to choose. Um, We've way. had everything from presidents to porn stars, so there is no wrong answer. Right. Uh, so they don't have to be actors. Three living celebrities. Anything you want. Okay. Mine were Stone Cold Steve Austin, Tom Waits, and Alex Jones. So you okay. can go all over the place. Three living wow. celebrities. It's all you got to be. Okay. Um, Lady Gaga. Excellent. Excellent. I'm 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 gonna follow in your all shadows. That sounds fun. That's a good one. Good one. All right, Les. I'm gonna say myself, Tom Waits, and the Cohen brothers. That's okay. Cohen. Go. Yes. Huge Cohen brothers fan. Excellent. I Excellent. Think that would be something interesting. I I, I agree. Would watch. Yeah. I want to see uh, that uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. It's, it's I really haven't good. caught it yet. It would have failed at the box office, but to put it on Netflix, it did smart. very well, nice. and I think that was a smart move. Nice. Awesome. How lucky is Seth Rogen? I know. In that group. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, way to outkick your coverage, Seth. Way to outkick your coverage. That's uh, it's big pimpin. It's big pimpin. All right. Or is it dreaming big? It could be. Could be dreaming big. <laughs> yeah. 
well, he's gonna inspire somebody being funny goes so, a long yeah, way yeah, it, it, does. Does. it does it does I've said it before it's the only way I've ever seen a woman naked in my life <laughs> well, he started right? as a comedian too so. yeah, yeah exactly mm-hmm. um, but I, I, I I'm not a panty wetter from across the room my only hope is you get to think I'm funny and are willing to let me see you naked it's all I've ever had it's all that's ever worked I still have no game so Seth Rogen is in a, a hella a company there so alright Les um we know you love horror movies. We know you love acting, but what's the thing that you shouldn't let anybody know you love? What's your guilty pleasure? Animals. Just animals I, I in general. I like to uh, do more to help, you know, the animals. I'd like to be more involved with like charities and stuff. That, okay. You know, I think that's great. It's a dog shelter, cat shelter, whatever, something like that. I don't think yeah. that's much of a guilty pleasure at all. That's just an awesome dream, big. <laughs> like for me, it's like disco and bad B movies, and I like you know bro country and shit like that and mumble rap. So that's great. Uh, you know, my I'm I'm typically of the uh, what's your guilty pleasure? I like watching sad YouTube videos <laughs> of people who come from tragedy getting a golden buzzer. I like that. So yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a dork. So that's that's not guilty pleasure. That's commendable. That is awesome. So Rose, what about you? What's your guilty pleasure? What's the thing that you know you shouldn't admit you like, but you don't care to do anyway? That is such a loaded question. Oh yeah, I, I have terrible <laughs> so taste. Loaded. That's why it's so fair for me to ask it because I love shitty, shitty things. Whether it's B movies or pro wrestling or again bro country or mumble rap, a disco. I love shit. So um, that's that's why it's uh, it's so it's, it's it's how I bond. What other shit do you love? I get Les has already put the halo out there. You right, can. right, yeah, I know. We're, we're like... all going to hell. To, Comparatively, if we're grading on a curve, we're failing already, Rose. So, uh, less less guilty pleasure is to be fucking Steve Irwin. Yeah. And it's like, what are you? What's your guilty pleasure? Crikey! He wants to save the environment. I want a rhinestone suit. So we're on a we're on two different levels on this. But maybe maybe you can be my redemption here, Rose. Okay, your, so my guilty pleasure, yeah. and this is on the premise that I would have like a lot of money to do absolutely whatever oh, yeah. I okay. wanted with. Could I go that yeah, route? fantasy as you want. I'm cool with Okay, that. so I would have like a really obscene collection of Mopar cars. Okay, cool. And Christine would be the first one. It would be so the first old school one. cars that just popped up no, there. No, 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 Mopar. I know, but it's the, the old school muscle <laughs> Mopar, cars are where no it's car. Like if I had like, you know, just the ability, like after um, Mark Warman takes yeah. his Christine with the elephant yeah. to SEMA this year, I want to go. That's awesome. I want to go so I can see and drool, and he has to shoo me away, uh, like, stop breathing on the car. And I want to have, like, this, like, okay, give me a number. Here's a piece of paper and a pen. Give me a number. That's what I want. And that's what I want. Love it. Because why not? I mean, you can't yeah. get an actual original Christine. I mean, even his car is not an actual original Christine. Which, what is the original car? So what, is, what is your, it's a 50... Plymouth Fury. Plymouth Fury. It's a 58, 58 Plymouth Fury. Plymouth yes. Fury. Okay. And there is one in the Chrysler Museum. Is that what it is like in the book, 70- does he write it specifically? Is that in the book as well? I know from the movie that's the icon, but is, that, is, it, is it the same car in the book? Yes. Okay. I See, I haven't read the book. I, I, you know, I hate Stephen King. And technically, um, he, I think he either wrote about a 57, but they couldn't get a 57 because the next lineup was Got a it. 58. 
And so that's why the car ended up being a 58 so, Honda Fury. Oh, so that it was just that next awesome. one in the lineup. And there was just a few changes to like the grill and the lamps and, and things like that. And, and so I think that's how it kind of ended up just coming to be. So there um, is a slight difference between the book and movie version. Yes, but yes. what he's creating here that you're talking about is a spot on recreation as close as you can get of the movie version. Well, they got a car and they're going to restore it to its OEM. You know, factory mm-hmm. settings, basically, yeah. uh, for what Christine was right. when she came off the assembly line. And they're going to put in this 1,000 horsepower <laughs> yeah. elephant. Yeah, almost an aircraft you know, engine. They, I mean, yeah, like, they took crazy. this, you know, classic 426 Hemi, and they superpowered it with a Hellcat engine. You know, so it's like the best of both worlds, you know, that Until they're putting into this car. Until it starts yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like only faster. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, I think I think that is an excellent guilty pleasure. I think I support you on it. Thank you. Way to dream big. Yes, and I would That's model good. with it. Wait, of course. Way to dream big. That would big. be my, you know, book signing car. Like I I'd just ride around, you know, and you know, I'd get five miles somewhere before I'd have to stop for gas. Yeah. But hey, yeah, oh, I get it. <laughs> I'm an old school motorcycle guy, so I'm not a car guy, but I appreciate called car culture because motorcycle culture is mm-hmm. the same animal. It's it really is the same thing. I want to be a Dodge ambassador yeah. when I grow up. Awesome. That's what I want. Dodge to call me, and I'll be like, move over, Vin Diesel. Yeah. Um, move over. <laughs> I would rather have you. Although I did like John Reap and his Is That a Hemi commercial. Well, Those Goldberg right now is the new ambassador. And so it'd be like, okay, we, my turn, my turn, my turn, we don't, my turn. We don't speak that name around here. Richard Rawlings was a ambassador. Yeah, so that'd know? be great. I, I encourage you to, when that happens, you come back and talk and show off your big fat Mopar. Bring mm-hmm. it on in your time. Mm-hmm. So as we close out the five to drive with our last two questions, we do like to get a little personal and have some fun. We do come in here and chat, but again, the whole point of this is, like you said, to share experiences and fun and and real. We do try to be that here. So we're gonna take a little dip and get a little a little dark for a moment, but we'll we'll bring it back for the end. Um, when you've attended your last casting, when you've shot your last roll of film, and you have to leave a legacy behind, what do you want that legacy to be? What would you want written on your tombstone list? I guess just basically that I was a, a hell of a guy that, you know, people liked me and liked working with me. And well, I, I guess think, that would uh, be enough. I think what... Save the animals. What a, Yeah, and the animals are safe. <laughs> what a taste, um, the small taste that I've had of your company uh, today uh, tells me I don't think that's going to be a problem. I don't, I don't see that as being an issue and being in any conflict. I, I think that's probably how people think of you now so i think when you've left this mortal coil it seems that that's probably going to stick because well, i'll try to maintain i have just yeah where you may take a crazy turn from here out but from what little limited time i've had to spend with you i think that's pretty spot on and rose is smiling so she clearly agrees so uh what about you rose what do you want written on that tombstone when you have to go that i inspired the entire world to always dream big i knew it i love it love it those are good those are good so let's let's not end on a down note that's no fun but let's end in the happiest of places seasons in the can no commitments you don't have to be anywhere so your options are totally open where do you go where's your happy place uh currently my inspiration room inspiration but that's where i actually do my work and do things that i love doing and uh, everything from yoga first thing in the morning to you know when I close out the end of the day writing whatever it is I'm writing or promoting somebody on social media or just anything and that's my 
go to relax you know wow. light the incense and Love it. you know just chill to some stevie nicks or lady gaga or you know listen to decombrio and or really step up the pace and do something you know a lot heavier i love so. it i love it i love it how about you Les? no I, commitments anywhere you want to be i guess just whatever i'm working on at the time if i'm <laughs> on set somewhere then that's my get away from whatever's going on i'm focused on that and i get that stage I, I for me my happy place is my couch with my wife there my kids running in and out but i could easily put stage in there because being on the stage so i get that we're like well, don't, you, don't you i love what i do i, I do want to be here yeah, yes i want to i want to go creating. love it for a while then go home and be with them and be on the couch and sit there and do that stuff but at the end of that day but yeah i do love what i do so um but and obviously, I want to, you know, be with my kids. That would be the other thing if I could somehow do both. Go home at the end of the day to them. Yeah, that would be. it's uh, it's it's one of those things where it's like I love being here with you guys, but you guys, I do this for a reason. I love it, and um, one of the reasons I love it is the people you meet along the way. Mm-hmm. And I love Absolutely. meeting you guys today. Um, I hope you've had fun here on oh, Debbie yes. Radio. Good. Yes, thank you well, so much for having us. Again, I want to put out there now, open invite to come back for anything you have that you ever want to plug. Please let us know so we can share it on the website. And um, please remember me when you got that weird thing and you need that guy, and I'm that guy, I'm here. Um, cause I have I, written a couple scripts. Right. Hey, I'm there. waiting. Well, <laughs> I, I tend to be, um, I, I'm just a very appreciative person. I, I always celebrate those that celebrate you and appreciate those that celebrate you that appreciate, you know, what you do. And so when anytime somebody after a show stops me and it says, Hey man, good job. I love that. Absolutely. And so if you guys had a good time being here today, I want to thank you because I love this. And as you guys know, as artists and creators, that we couldn't do it without our crowds. You mm-hmm. know, we couldn't do it without the fans that there's no reason to. And so my philosophy has always been that I got no reason to be here without them. So I want to thank you guys for being here. I want to thank Terry, the people out there listening to Debut Radio, the people making Outlander Media Network happen. Because um, a, a, a crowd without a comic is still a crowd. Mm-hmm. But a comic without a crowd is just a narcissistic asshole with a microphone. (laughs) And I don't ever want to be that. So thank you for coming. Thank you for being out there listening. Terry, thank you for doing No, it's my pleasure, man. I I love it. I totally love doing this. And you guys are welcome back anytime. Thank you so much. Debbie Radio, today with Les Murphy, Rosemarie Macherio. And I'm your host, Lance Adams. I'll always be here as long as you'll have me.